Oh, yep, they need me and need less music. Need to do both things. There we go. Good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Orioles and White Sox begin a three-game set starting tonight after the birds were off last night. Looking forward to um, getting down to the ballpark tonight, in fact. I'm going to head down there. Their buddy Patrick Stevens. Who's pitching tonight? I don't even forgot who's pitching tonight. Uh, Austin Voth against Dylan Seath. Yes, the uh, the big showdown. Austin Voth has actually been quite good since he's come to Baltimore. Bring that music down just a little bit more, if you don't mind, Griffin. Thank you, sir. Coming up on the program today, we will uh, chat with uh, White Sox slugger Gavin Sheets, of course, the pride of Gilman, son of Orioles legend Larry Sheets. We will catch up with Gavin. Uh, good to have him back in town. He uh, put on quite the show when he was back last summer for the first time. Also, later on in the program, we will uh, catch up with Orioles play-by-play voice Jeff Arnold, get his thoughts. I know he looked like he was having a good time up in Williamsport on Sunday. Imagine he's probably been having a good time on the whole, being around the Orioles this season. We haven't caught up with him in a while, so we will do that today. And, of course, it's Tuesday. Every Tuesday at 1140 a.m., Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. We'll get you ready for a week in betting. Can the Ravens do it again? Some idiots didn't think they could do it last week. Can they do it again? We'll talk to Aaron Oster from uh, VEASAN out in Vegas and our buddy Leon Twyman from the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. All about that coming up on Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140 a.m. And then weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 1140 a.m. as well. So, uh, the real story today is, of course, Gunnar Henderson watch. There was uh, a rumor percolating on Twitter yesterday that Gunnar Henderson was not in Jacksonville, which, by the way, blessings be to the baseball team in Jacksonville, which I believe is the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. That is a minor league baseball name. That is how the industry should work. Blessings be. But the rumor is that Gavin, or sorry, Gavin Sheets. Gavin Sheets probably did not make the trip because I believe he's in Baltimore with the White Sox. The rumor is that Gunnar Henderson did not make the trip, which I guess there could be other reasons. Perhaps Gunnar Henderson had a scheduled vacation for this week. Perhaps he chose now to get a vasectomy or something like that. I don't know. I think we all know that the reason why Gunnar Henderson wouldn't be with the Norfolk Tides would not be because he was being sent back down to Aberdeen, but instead would be because he was on his way to Baltimore to join the Orioles. A lot of people have pointed out that apparently this was the week when uh, you could call someone up and yet they could retain their rookie status going into next season. So it made a lot of sense for this to be the week for Gunnar Henderson. And it Rock Kabatko of MassInSports.com referenced said rumor, didn't report anything, Um, did not say, hey, my sources are telling me or anything along those lines. All he did, as I pull up uh, what it is that he said at MassInSports.com, all he did was say very simply, Taron Vavra returns the Orioles after going on the paternity list. There's always room for another rookie or two. Gunnar Henderson is rumored to be joining the Orioles this week rather than staying with AAA Norfolk, which is in Jacksonville. Stay tuned. Now, considering Rock Kabako, and I, I know he gets sensitive about this, but we're not going to fight about it today, considering he works for the team, 
I know he'd like to tell you he doesn't. He works for Masson. Masson's owned by the team. He works for the team. I, I we, we, we can only do this so much, right? Like, I, I, I need you to know. I, I work for... Pre- I, I work for Odyssey. I don't work for 105.7 The Fan, which is owned by Odyssey. I work for Odyssey. I can say I work for both because I do work for 105.7 The Fan. But my checks are paid by Odyssey, the company that owns the radio station 105.7 The Fan, which I work for. Because of that, I would be extraordinarily surprised if there wasn't truth to it. Rock Kabatko has to be careful about what he says because if he was to be simply, if all he had was some Twitter rumor, and I don't even remember who the first guy was that was tweeting about this. It was it was like one of these, it, it might be a podcast or something. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be disparaging towards it. I just don't remember who it was that I saw with this tweet yesterday. If that's all it was, Rock Kabatko couldn't go with that. He would need to have heard it from someone else. Because he works for the team. So I think there is a reasonable assumption that can be made that Gunnar Henderson is joining the Orioles this week. Will it be tonight? I guess my thought would be, if it's going to be this week, why wouldn't it be tonight? But I don't know that. What will his role be? Presumably, Gunnar Henderson wouldn't be here to not play the majority of games. Presumably. If if you wanted somebody to come up and not play, you'd go with somebody else that you don't care about quite as much. Gunnar Henderson. Hello. I don't know if that's the hiccups. I don't know what that is. If it is the hiccups, it's going to be a very awkward stretch of radio right now. This is going to be a very uncomfortable next couple of minutes. Gunnar Anderson presumably would only be here if he was going to play regularly. I'd say every day, but I think you understand what I mean. Like, does it need to be every, every... Wake me up, love. Wake me up, love. Come on, every day. All right, boy. Um, that's my that's my uh, 17-year-old boy love in love with Dave Matthews band that just came out in me. Um, if... It, it could mean five out of every seven, right? It could mean regularly... It doesn't have to be every day, every day. It just needs to be a lot. The majority of games. Where? Second base, maybe? They tried him over there. Not the positions that he's been playing. Could be at third base. It could be that you say to Urias, you've got to find somewhere else to play. There's a lot of options. I don't think it'll be at short, but I've said before, if... They were hell-bent this entire time on Gunnar Henderson being a shortstop, and they believe he is a high-quality Major League shortstop. Perhaps they say, well, we're sticking with that, and Mateo can be the one that finds somewhere else to play. I don't know. My gut would tell me third base. And that they will use some combination of Vavra and Urias at second base, and Odor moving forward, and that that will be the left side of your infield for the most part, Henderson and Mateo, if Gunnar Henderson really is coming up this week, which we think he is. That's my gut. 
But I don't know that. I, haven't, I don't have any inside information about that. That's just an educated guess. Do you think they would be holding off for tonight specifically because Dylan sees his pitching and they wouldn't want to throw him against a Cy Young candidate? Man, I, you're going to have to face good pitchers. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can't just protect him. It does again. I, he doesn't have to play tonight. It could very well be that he comes up and they just like the matchups with somebody else better, so they go with somebody else. But I, you're gonna have to face good pitchers. They're making the decision that they're making. We talked to the uh, Xavier Scruggs about this yesterday, and he's not alone. There's a lot of people who share the opinion that this wasn't necessary. That this might be too much when coupled with the burden of expectation. My answer back is I still think they should do it. The expectation thing to me falls into falls at the feet of the fan base and the analysts and, and those people. If you think that Gunnar Henderson is here to save the Orioles and to carry them into a postseason appearance, I think you need to get a hold of yourself. Go see a priest. Go see anyone, a shaman, whoever. Get a hold of yourself. I think it's it, it was always likely that Gunnar Henderson was going to get to the major leagues at some point this season. But my expectations for Gunnar Henderson are minimal in the moment. It's totally possible that Gunnar Henderson comes up, lights the world on fire. I think it's more likely that Gunnar Henderson comes up, shows you a couple things. You see the talent is there. He plays a, a he plays solid defense wherever it is that he's playing. And the bat isn't electric for the final six weeks of the season. Five weeks of the season. It's it's a bat that has its moments. He comes up with a couple of big hits. You see, you're excited about Gunnar Henderson. You believe that he has the potential to be very good next year. But I my expectation can't be that Gunnar Henderson is coming up to be the bat that makes the difference for this Orioles lineup because that's unfair and unreasonable. He's 21 years old, making his Major League debut. Again, lots of guys have made their Major League debuts and have just been awesome from the start. Far more have struggled. Far more have taken a while in order to adapt to Major League pitching. And so my gut is that it might take Gunnar Henderson a little while to find consistency as a Major League hitter. Not, again, to be able to get a hit, not to be able to get a home run, something like that. He could do a lot of those things. But to find consistency as a major league hitter, my gut tells me that it might take Gunnar Henderson a minute or two in order to get there. And I'm okay with that. That, to me, does not make this a mistake. The mistake is the burden of the expectation. The mistake, to me, is the people that believe that Gunnar Henderson is going to be what puts this Orioles team over the top. That when you say things like, well, instead of making acquisitions the trade deadline, these are their trade deadline acquisitions, Stowers and Henderson. That's unreasonable. I, it would be amazing if it works out that way. 
I am rooting like hell for it to work out that way. I think it would be absolutely incredible if Gunnar Henderson comes up and immediately, immediately is a rock star and provides consistency in this lineup, one more consistent bat. I think it would be unbelievable, but I can't expect it, and it's unfair for me to expect it. And so he can't disappoint me because of it. The comparison everybody will make will be Manny Machado coming up in late August. Now, let's be fair about a couple of things. Manny Machado was thought thought even more highly, thought of even more highly, than Gunnar Henderson. Manny Machado was a top five MLB draft pick. There were comparisons between Manny Machado and Alex Rodriguez when he was coming out of high school. Gunnar Henderson has risen as an overslot guy. He has risen throughout his minor league career to be a highly thought of prospect. But nobody is comparing Gunnar Henderson to Manny Machado. But the comparison of when they were brought up and in the midst of an unexpected playoff race is, of course, completely fair. No one thought the 2012 Orioles were going to be a team that was going to find their way into a playoff race. No one thought the 2012 or 2022 Orioles were going to find their way into a playoff race. But yet here we are in late August, and they're there. Manny Machado, when he came up, hit 262, got on base at a 294 clip, and hit seven home runs in the span of 51 games. If Gunnar Henderson can do something like that, this is a wild success, and those aren't even all that impressive numbers. If he could replicate that, which again includes only getting on base at a 294 clip, I'm taking it. And of course, you know the reason why. Because the guys that he's replacing, the Rugnet Odors of the world, they're not producing like that. If Gunnar Henderson could do that and get Rugnet Odor out of the lineup, he might not be a superstar, but he'd be a better offensive option. We'll find out. To be determined. I'm, I'm apprehensive not about the decision. I think the decision is correct. Again, provided it's the one that's made. And I am working under the guise of if Rock Kabako says something, he ain't making it up. I think the decision is the correct one. I think it's right to get Gunnar Henderson up here. Not just because you're in a playoff race. Because even if you weren't, I think you were going to want to get Gunnar Henderson up here at the end of this season. Let him get his feet wet and then go headfirst into 2023. I think you're making the right decision. I think... You should give Gunnar Henderson a position and say that's your position. What I don't think they should do, and what I've been confused by, is having Gunnar Henderson play a little bit of first base or playing a little bit of second base. Give him a position. Again, the direct comparison, Manny Machado didn't play third base at all in the minor leagues. He was playing shortstop the entire time. When he got caught up, he was pointed to third base. We found out later that he was secretly working at third base before every game. Every day in the minor leagues, Manny Machado was practicing at third base because the Orioles knew when you get called up, J.J. Hardy is here. We're not moving him off the position. You're going to be the third baseman. I don't know if something like that perhaps has been going on with Gunnar Henderson. He's played plenty of third base. So if he's going to be a third baseman here, I don't know that he needs that. I also don't know 
that the Orioles haven't decided no Gunnar Henderson is our shortstop come hell or high water. We'll find that out. What I would do is give him a position. Say, go over there, get comfortable, play. Don't be so worried about where you might be playing from one day to the next that it affects anything else you do in your mental preparation in order to play this game. Here's your position. Play it. Be ready to go. You're going to be in the lineup the majority of days. We're not moving you somewhere else. We're not playing you somewhere else on another day in order to get somebody else back in the lineup. You're here. You're the third baseman now. Go do it. That's what I would do. Believe it or not, I do not have a baseball PhD. I know you're all very surprised by that because I have so many PhDs. None of them are in baseball. So I, I get it. There are smarter people than I. But that's how I would handle it. Call up Gunnar Henderson. You're the third baseman. We'll revisit it whenever we need to revisit it. But if you're here and we think you need to be here and we think it's important that you're here, we're giving you a position. That's the position you're playing. Go for it. And yes, Ramon Urias had a hell of a July. He was a very important part of the Orioles getting them to this of getting to this point. But we need to be honest about Ramon Urias. That hasn't withstood. That goofy question we asked about should they trade Ramon Urias at the trade deadline, or is he too important? Well, we probably have our answer. Which isn't to say I think he's garbage. I want to make that very clear. I'm not trying to crap on Ramon Urias either. But I, I think we know at this point that that was... We're, we're all over the top. We were a little over the top um, in the way that we were reacting to Ramon Urias. So we'll wait presume there's an announcement coming at some point today, but it looks like Gunnar Henderson will be here and will be part of this thing moving forward, and we'll see. It might look like the smartest decision anyone's ever made. It might be the final piece of the puzzle of pushing this team into the postseason. Even if it's not, I don't have a problem with the decision. The only problem I have is with the expectation. I think the Orioles would be doing the right thing. I think we have an obligation and a responsibility to not set someone up for failure. No one's saying don't be excited. If Gunnar Henderson, by the way, I didn't even think about that. If I'm, I'm going to the game tonight. If Gunnar Henderson's announced in the lineup for tonight's game, be excited. Hop on the light rail. Come down. Go to the ballpark. Well, I don't know if I encourage the light rail. However you want to get to the ballpark. Take a $1,000 Uber, whatever it takes. Get to the ballpark. Enjoy your night. Come say hello. Bring me a, a hot dog straw for my beer. Do whatever you want to do. I Be excited about Gunnar Henderson. Just be reasonable about what it is that he would be likely to do in this stretch as he begins his career. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. We've been talking a lot recently about the Toyota Tacoma. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. It's been a while since we caught up with our friend and Orioles play-by-play voice, Jeff Arnold. It looked like he was having a good time up in Williamsport. He's with us now here on GCR. Jeff, what's going on, pal? 
GCR, what's going on, man? How are you? It's been a while. I'm doing well, dude. I'm doing well. I mean, it's been this summer's been a lot more fun than I expected it to be. I imagine that's been a pleasant thing in your life as well. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the way that this team has played, and you know, you check in today and you're in the hunt for a for a wild card spot, and it's August 23rd, and I mean, you got a lot of meaningful baseball coming up, and you, know, you played a lot of great games. You just took a weekend series against the Red Sox, and so. Um, you, you love to see it, and I think this team is in a, in a really good spot going forward. And uh, you know, obviously, a lot of a lot of big games coming up, and obviously a, a long way to go. But uh, the Orioles are uh, are right in the, the thick of things, and everybody's getting pretty excited. Uh, give me. I've, I've been asking a lot of people I've talked to in the last couple of weeks. I'm gonna give you the same question. Dissect this. How did this happen? Like, if 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 you had to explain, because there's still a lot of unexplainable. You still look at this rotation and say, I still don't understand this. You still realize the offense on a whole is is still in the bottom half of the league as far as being you know, one of the kind of mid-offenses in all of baseball. How did this happen that we're sitting here at this point, Jeff? Well, Glenn, a, a great bullpen is a powerful thing, and it can help you out and help you keep games close. And I think that that's been a large part of this team's success this year. And everybody's had huge years. And Felix Bautista now stepping into the closer role. I mean, we knew that this guy had a lot of talent coming up from AAA, but did we know he was going to do this? You know, you, you, you weren't sure. Did we know that CNL Perez, who had had problems with walks his entire career, was going to hone in and figure it out this year? No, we didn't. But you knew that if those two guys were able to command their stuff, then they have the potential to be two very good relief pitchers for you. But I think a lot of this comes down to the bullpen, and I think a lot of it comes down to the defense. And, you know, defensively, Cedric Mullins had another great year in the outfield, and Jorge Mateo has been huge as your shortstop this year. I mean, he's made a lot of electrifying plays, and he's made that left side so much better uh, than it was a year ago. I mean, we consider last year all the different shortstops that you had, and um, and how you're shuffling through guys, and sometimes you had problems turning double plays. And you know, this year at the very top of the major leagues, and double plays turned. And and then you know, I think your your starting rotation, you you know, to where it was, but you know, you kind of look at how it's been doing recently. Um, and stories like Austin Both and Dean Kramer, who pitched well again on Sunday, um, and, and some guys are starting to to figure things out at the very end of this year at a time where I think the Orioles really need to to order to rest that bullpen a little bit. So I think a lot of it comes down to bullpen. I think a lot of it comes down to defense. And then, you know, offensively, you find a way at the end of games to, to win. I, I think at times that, you know, you're on the edge of your seat and you would hope that you could score, you know, four runs in the third inning every once in a while and make it a little bit easier. But um, when your bullpen has been as, as good as it is, um, I think that's a, a large reason I for think why no this doubt. team is doing what it is. I think the outfield defense too, man. Like just the the range they cover and yep. and and helping to lift this pitching staff. I think it, I, I think it almost goes unnoticed, right? Like I think there are times where you, and I know you guys talk about it all the time. But like, how in the hell did that look so easy? That's a ball that should be a double in just about anywhere else, and Cedric Mullins is easily tracking it down somewhere. Like it's 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 unbelievable. Um, uh, Jeff, you bring up Jorge Mateo. Of course, there's a lot of rumors percolating about Gunnar Henderson and when he might be here. Are, are we at the point where Jorge Mateo is the shortstop and needs to be the shortstop kind of until he would show that he couldn't be? Like, are we at the point now where 
you know, batting average for the for the season or for his career be damned. He's come around enough offensively that the when you add in the defense that he provides there, you can't even think about putting someone else at that position at the moment. Well, this year, I mean, I think if you look at what they're doing with Gunnar Henderson right now, you're having him play second base, you're having him play first base. He's played third base in the minor leagues, played shortstop in the minor leagues. So, but, but Jorge Mateo has been one of the best shortstops in all of baseball this year defensively. And that's made, a, that's made a big impact on this team. And, you know, what's going forward, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think that remains to be seen. I think one thing that you should, kids could, should consider as well is what's going to happen um, if the shift is banned. And then you're going to need somebody really athletic who could play second base mm. going forward. Um, so that's something to consider too. So maybe it's just a, a thing going forward where Gunner plays short, Mateo plays second. We don't really know at this point um, just how it's all going to you know unfold down the line. And um, you're never sure when it comes to injuries and other things like that. And you know, there's just so many. It's very hard to look that far ahead. Um, but I, I think for right now, you know, Jorge Mateo has shown how good of a shortstop that he is. And it's why, you know, you have Gunner who could play third base and you have him getting reps at second base. And, you know, he's started to take some reps at first base too. So you have some other options. Um, but, you know, I, I think the way that Jorge has played and, and kind of what he does, and um, he's been a really pleasant surprise at, at shortstop this year, because when we came into this year, nobody really knew what to expect. Um, you knew that he was athletic. You knew he had a really strong arm. You know, he was a really talented, um, you know, naturally talented guy. Um, but, you know, being an everyday shortstop was never something he'd had a chance to do before. And uh, he quickly showed that he was up to the task. And now he believes that um, I'm in the major leagues and I belong here. And uh, that's, a, that's a pretty powerful thing. And um, it's coming at a time where the Orioles really need him to believe that and where this whole team is believing um, that, that they're a playoff team and, and they can do some damage the rest of the way. Jeff, again, we we wait to find out officially whether or not they are calling up Gunner. I I said earlier I have no problem with that being the decision. I I get it on on many fronts. It's not just they're in a playoff race that you know. I I think even if they weren't, it it would be smart to try to get his feet wet and get him a taste of the bigs before he's an everyday player in twenty twenty three. What what I worry about is the burden of expectation, right? What I worry about is that there are people that truly believe that Gunnar Henderson comes up and he's supposed to be some sort of savior or a puzzle. This is now the superstar and the guy that carries you. And I think that's a bit unfair given this is somebody making their major league debut, presumably, and they're 21 years old. Um, What would be a fair expectation level? You've, of course, been through this for years, having been in the Orioles minors for a long time, seeing so many of these guys come up. How do you? What's a fair level of expectation for a, even a top type of prospect to come up in these circumstances? Well, remember, Glenn, if you're a top prospect and you feel like you have to be Superman, you're probably not going to be Superman. Um, you, you're going to put too much pressure on yourself, and and that's something that it, it's it's pretty hard to do. You know, at, at this point in the you know this point in the time when you're coming into it, you know, I think it's important to remember. Like, look at Adley Rutschman's first. 22 games or something like that and you know he was hitting balls hard and you could tell that it was there and the defense aspect was already really good but then you know after that he started to you know hit his stride and now you look at what he's doing um you know for Gunner, I, I think the key expectation is he comes in and is a steady player for you and uh produces and you know you, you don't really know what to expect 
Um, but, uh, but I think that the hope is he would come up and he would give you a, a little bit of a, a lift defensively, a little bit of a lift offensively. Um, you know, you realize that it's not always going to be perfect, that mistakes are going to get made. I mean, we just saw Deal Hall make his major league debut, um, and, and it was a little bit up and down. Um, so I, I think that you understand the talent that they have, and you realize that this person is going to be a big part of your future going forward. Um, but this is this is pennant chase baseball. This is uh, this is playoff race baseball, um, and you know it's at a time where the Orioles really need you know somebody who can come up and who can do a good job, who can take good at bats, who can find a way to produce, who can do the little things like even just like you know hitting well with two strikes, finding a way to move runners over, and, and just being a productive player. Um, and that's like, I think one of the things that's made Taryn Bobra a really good mm-hmm. add to this team, you know, how mm-hmm. he gets with two strikes, how he's got good plate discipline, how, you know, he's been steady defensively, you know, to do something similar to that. I mean, that's been a great add. And, and I think Gunner, Gunner would definitely be able to do that. And I, I think that the expectations for him are sky high going forward. Um, but coming in, I think you just expect this guy, you know, to be a steady player for you. Um, and, and you realize that there's going to be some times where, um, you know, he's going to strike out, he's going to have his struggles. Like everybody who comes up here is going to, um, but, but I, they have a lot of confidence in what he can do. And if you look at, you know, the massive jump that he's made this year in, in terms of increased walks and lower strikeouts and, um, some of the other things and, you know, where he is in the prospect rankings, the Orioles certainly feel like, um, you know, if they bring him up, they think he's going to be able to contribute and, um, you know, but I, I think that there's, I always, I always say with prospects that like you just have to temper your expectations at the very start. And, you know, you just realize if you, if you don't, if you try to do too much, it usually doesn't work out well. And if you just, you know, kind of take it easy at the very beginning and, you know, just focus on putting good at bats together, making the routine plays, things like that. then you know, I think, I think he'll be fine. And, I think he's only going to get better as he's up here more and more. He's Orioles play-by-play voice Jeff Arnold. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Jeff, you know, obviously being a part of a playoff race is fun, and there have been a lot of really special moments during the season. I know you were, were working the Trey Mancini game, for example, and on Mo Gabba Day, and that one was really special. Mm-hmm. But this thing on Sunday night, dude, um, I, I, I was drunk on it. Like, I couldn't get enough of the content of it. I, I regret, in hindsight, not going out of my way to try to go up and be a part of the thing. I, 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 I kept trying to get – I was checking everybody's feeds throughout the day. It was so incredible. Um, what was it like for you to experience this thing? How special was it being a part of this event? Well, it's probably – the most special thing that I've done in broadcasting, to be honest with you. Um, I had been up to Williamsport before um, a long time ago, but, you know, I had never seen the Little League Classic before. I never actually gotten to, I never actually gotten to see any of the Little League World Series games being played and to take in the atmosphere and to go up on the hill and, and slide down the hill and Brett Hollander whooped my butt, but that's kind of beyond beyond the point. Yeah, I mean, um, well, hang on. I, 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 however, as a man, I appreciate appreciate you admitting it and not trying to rewrite history. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, the, the, I mean, Glenn, as we know, the, the video doesn't lie. So it's true. Um, right. that, that kind yeah, of, you kind of speaks can't make yourself, it go away, but, right? I hear you. But I mean, I think it was an experience where the second you got off the plane. And, you know, there are a couple of teams there to meet the Orioles and they're doing pin exchanges and saying hello and getting to know everybody. And, 
you know, Austin Hayes is talking to the, the guys from the Tennessee team. And he's trying to figure out, hey, who's going to pitch for you guys tomorrow? And he gets the coach to spill the beans and who's going to be the, the pitcher for the next the next day when they play their game. Um, you know, the, the fun that the Orioles players had, and they, they kind of became kids again. And you kind of got back to this is what baseball at its at its most, you know, you know, kind of raw stage is. And, and just like it's going out there and hanging with your buddies and it's playing games and it's running around and it's enjoying yourself. I think for all of us, and I remember, you know, I was thinking back to my time in the little league as I was, as I was there, you know, about, you know, about what it was all about and, and how, uh, you know, I would, you know, I was pitching on all-star teams and I was, you know, I had bad eyesight. So I was wearing the rec specs and they would always get fogged up when we'd play <laughs> games in the summertime because it was so hot. Um, and it's so I like, I had memories come back and I know if I was feeling that way, I'm sure everyone else in the team was too. And, and everyone was recalling what it was like growing up and playing little league baseball. And, um, and, you know, Austin Hayes, you know, was, was kind of, reminiscing about some of that stuff and we were talking I was talking to him about it on Sunday and and then you get that that game which is played at um historic Bowman Field which is one of the oldest you know you know baseball fields and you know affiliated baseball in the country and uh, they just do such a great job with the event um it was a a great field and all these little leaguers are coming out to the game and you know president for president Bush is there and um you got the commissioner there and and it's just and on top of that, it was a meaningful game. Like, that's the other thing, is that the Orioles and the Red Sox are both fighting for playoff spots, and it's a rubber match of a three-game series. And so, and it had a, a really exciting finish at the very end when Jorge Mateo has the basis clearing double. So um, it's one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. Um, I love the entire day. I, I had so much fun when we went over to the, the Little League complex in, uh, in South Williamsport and you know, to be able to check it out and see the kids have so much fun and going up to the players and doing autographs and everybody was so nice and welcoming. Um, it's just one of those days that you never forget. And if you're a major league team, it's one of those events that, you know, I can't imagine anybody who, who, who wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to be a part of that uh, because it's as, you know, events like that are, are as cool as it gets. And I think it's what makes major league baseball pretty special you know, from the, the Little League Classic to, to go into doing the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa, which they've done over the last two years. I mean, uh, you know, that's the good stuff. That's what that's what baseball at its best is, is all about. I, Jeff, I've been talking a lot about what it does to break up the monotony of a 162-game season. And, mm-hmm. like, if it's monotonous for, for, for us sometimes as fans, even, even when a team's good, there can still be monotony, right? Like, well, I don't need to tune in tonight. There's literally going to be another game tomorrow night. You know, like, that, that just happens. Mm-hmm. Um... I can only imagine what it does for the players, and I've talked to a few of them about it. I I don't know. I have this weird feeling. You referenced some of the other ones. You know, they tried to do the thing in Omaha a couple years ago around the College World Series, and I know they've done some military themes. I know this sounds crazy, but I truly believe it's possible they could find a way to do 15 themed games during the course of the year so that every team was guaranteed to participate in one just to help break up the monotony of what is – you know, and it, it it can be a burden of playing a hundred and hundred and sixty two games right. during the course of a season. I I know it's a small thing, but I feel like it could be helpful during the course of a baseball season. I think it could be. I think the one thing you got to realize, though, is that you know some of these events which they do are especially meaningful, and and they take on um, extra. You know that they're extra special because they're not a lot of. Them. You know, and, and I think that 
you know, you bring up a good point. And, and I think that's one of the things that everyone enjoyed about the game was like, it's time. It, it might, it might be a time where you're, 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 you are where you are in the standings and, and you're trying to, you know, you're obviously trying to win this game. It's a very important game, but you know, at the same time, you know, it does help to just be able to, you know, do a, do a slide down the hill and uh, to be able to, you know, hang out with the little leaguers and then maybe be able to like Ramon Arias did, you know, connect with team Mexico yep. and take pictures and sign autographs and things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's memories like that, that, you know, you'll cherish forever. Um, and you know, the little league classic is special. Um, and, and I'm sure that there are a lot of teams that, um, would love to, love to be a part of it. And the Orioles are, are really fortunate that they were a part of it this year. And I'm glad that they, uh, the Orioles and Red Sox had a chance to, to play in this game again after, um, after what happened in 2020. Uh, I'm privately pushing for a, uh, a Sandlot theme game every year in Utah. I just, I, I don't know what they're doing, not thinking up that, that concept. Let's make it happen. Um, uh, Jeff, before I let you go, I'm, I'm sure you're aware you're of course on the internet. Uh, are you in or out on a hot dog straw guy, uh, from the Yankees game last night? Hot dog straw guy. I must I was with my girlfriend last night, so I don't know if Are I... Are you I don't serious? Know I, You're not aware of Hot Dog Straw Guy. So Hot Dog Straw Guy. No, I, I, I will say this. I, I didn't spend as much... I didn't spend a lot of time on Twitter last night. Okay. So, so yeah. So what's happening is there was a video of someone at the Yankees game last night literally cutting or, or poking holes on either end of their hot dog and then using their hot dog as a straw for their beer. And it uh-huh. has captured the entire oh, wait world. Oh, hang on, hang, oh, hang on, hang on. You know what? I just, I just found this. Yes. I just found this. I'm looking at this right now. Mm-hmm. The guy's an innovator. We have to start there. Whether or not it's a good thing, we need to recognize he's an innovator. This is we've never seen I mean, anything this, like this before. It, well, I mean, the only thing that I would say that that kind of reminds me of this a little bit. You know, has got to be um, George Costanza eating a candy bar with a knife and fork. Has been referenced. I mean, kinda, has that, been referenced. Yes. That, that, that that's kind of the only thing that that I'm thinking of as I'm watching this. But this is just, yeah, this is a little much. You me. think this is? You I'm, think this is psychopathic dunking, behavior? Dunk, he's dunking. He, well, what is he doing? <laughs> oh my god, he's dunking the thing in his beer. Oh, god, this is... All right, so you think he should be on the know, no fly I don't list? Know, I don't know. Yeah, well. He, he, at the very least, it's you, you're kind of wondering when someone's going to go up to be like, "What are you doing?" I <laughs> I know. Okay, this is this is this is this this behavior is a little bizarre. I'm right? not I'm not here to tell you that I think it's how I want to do things moving forward, but I am here to tell you I think I need to try it before I judge it. Right? Like I think I need to know: Is there a chance this guy's actually a genius? Is there any I mean, chance? Maybe he is on to something. Right? Like maybe if he is. if I tried it, would I walk away and say, "You know what"? This is not as insane as I thought it was. It's possible that it will. I just, I can't condemn the man until I've tried doing it myself. And by the way, Griffin, we need to coordinate doing that at some point on the show this week. You're in charge of that. I, I need to know before I make judgment. Uh, at Jeff on the air is how you follow him. Uh, you, you on radio this week? I am on, I do radio Today, tomorrow, Thursday, and then I do television Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so, of course, yeah. uh, the first time we'll see Trey Mancini. Not back in Baltimore yet, but we'll see Trey Mancini this weekend, obviously, down in Houston. Uh, Jeff, always yeah. appreciate you, brother. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, I love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. Uh, we'll talk again real soon, all right? It's-
All right, GCR, you be well. Thanks, dude. Jeff Arnold checking in with us here on GCR. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be the guy that condemns hot dog straw guy. You're not going to get me to say that he's a psychopath and he needs to be put on the no-fly list until I know. I need to know. My gut is, at best, it's utterly unnecessary. But I need to know that because I've never considered it. So I need you to coordinate this, Griffin. I need you to figure out. um, You want to do it tomorrow? Let's do it tomorrow morning. I would like for us to invite someone in to do it with us. I would like to do it. What's Drew doing? I don't know. Talk to him. Figure that out. Find out if he'd like to come in. See if he's aware. Because I want it to be someone who's aware of it, that that thinks that it's something we should do. And then I want you to coordinate. I'll, I'll Venmo you for whatever you need to do. You need to get not i want him to be like real hot dogs go to go to our neighborhood royal farms maybe pick up a hot dog right like i want you to coordinate all of that and then we try the hot dog guy i just think that we should have somebody in studio with us for oh i'd love if it was our dd but i think his job wouldn't allow that to happen I need somebody, a per, some somebody with some personality. Somebody would have okay. fun. You know, I promised uh, Tim Barbalace that I'd let him come in uh, one day. Now that he's uh, Tim's uh, now part, he's one I of the hosts. All of them. Just have. I don't. That's eh, too much. Wait, wait too much. Way too much. Way too much. Way too much. Just one. I want to have someone come in with us to try the hot dog straw, and I would like to do it tomorrow because this thing dies pretty right, quickly. Right. Right. This this goes away. The internet has forgotten about it pretty quickly. So I think tomorrow would be a good day to do it. Let's let's figure out who might be able to come in, who we could coordinate with, and let's do the hot dog straw tomorrow, and then we can make our own decisions at that point. All right? All right. Okay. You, you on this? Yeah, I'm on it. I'm trusting I'm you. Okay. Here's the other thing I, I hate about this. I don't want it to ruin the hot dog for me, because I do <laughs> love a damn hot dog. <laughs> who doesn't love a good hot dog? Somebody. Well. I, I don't remember what it was. Somebody, we, we roasted a pig at my house on Saturday. Before the pig was prepared, because the pig takes a while. We put it on at 7 a.m., but it's a whole ass pig. It was a 112-pound pig. You can't, it can't be ready within a couple of minutes. So the pig's not normally ready until, you know, 2, 3 o'clock, somewhere in that range. So people start getting to my house around noon, and a few years ago I said, hey, bring something, bring something tasty, bring bring some brats, bring something to throw on the grill. And I swear to God, someone walked up to me and was like, did you make this hot dog? This is a, a damn good hot dog. I was like, it's a hot dog. <laughs> what are you complimenting me about a hot dog? What a weird bit. We'll say, we'll say you made it from scratch. A just weird, yeah, correct. Take full I, credit for it. I pulled out the innards. <laughs> A weird, strange thing to say to somebody. Man, what a what a great hot dog this is. I I guess it's just it's a hot dog. Um, I want to know. I do want to know. So we're gonna work on that. We'll do that tomorrow. All right. That's 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 the plan. Today's show is also brought to you by the new print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at pressboxonline.com. Mark Andrews is on the cover. I just don't know what. If everybody puts out hot dogs at nine thirty in the morning, I mean, we could bring, like we got we could bring some cold ones, I guess, and just I don't. That's the thing. Them. I don't but. want it to be half-assed. All right, like that. I am worried about the level of ass involved with this. Okay. All right, I want more ass. I mean, I love a good microwave hot. And we need uh, specifically plastic cups, like the one that he's. We we don't. I I don't want to do a fake bit here. I got you. All right, I, gotcha. I want a real hot dog. I want a plastic. I'm assuming it's a light beer. 
I'm assuming it's probably yeah. like a Miller Lite, right? Yeah, that's, what, like, that's what I was thinking. What do they sell at a ballpark? They sell Miller Lite, Bud Light. I'd like to get the really bottom of it. I'd like to get the bottom. Like, I'd like to find out if this guy just happened to be drinking like an Amstel Light or something <laughs> like that. That's what I want to know. And I want us to replicate it as much as possible before we pass judgment. All right? Like a loose cannon or so something. I, this involves you doing a little research. This involves you stopping by the Royal Farms and saying, like, hey, are, do you guys have hot dogs available tomorrow morning at 930? Getting that answer. All, all right? right? I all need right. you to take ownership of this thing. All right. I will. All right? I'll, take, I'll cover the costs. Okay. It's fine. It shouldn't be a lot. It's <laughs> three hot dogs and three beers and some plastic cups. Like, we should be able to handle this. But I need us to handle it. All right? All right. All right. You're on it. I'm on it. They're saying about Mark Andrews. He's on the cover of the new print. And here's another <laughs> print issue of Press Box. Available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Great story from Bo Smolka about uh, a player who truly has become a star in this league, in Mark Andrews, and the surprisingly unlikely path that he took. I just don't know that everybody... I think people know some of the details of Mark Andrews' story. I'm not sure that they're aware of all of the details of Mark Andrews' story. Great job by Bo Smolka in this new print issue. All right, still to come this morning, Gavin Sheets is going to join us from the Chicago White Sox as we get ready for a series with the Orioles starting tonight. I got a couple of other things that I wanted to get into. I did want to cover Hot Dog Straw Guy was important to me. Also, and I need to say Gunner this, Henderson, hot dog the two biggest stories of the day by far, it, there's no debate about that. I need to say this, if you're a grown man, if you're my age, not Griffin's age, no offense, Griffin, it's not that you're not a grown man, it's just okay. that you're you're still, you're, you're in between. You're very much in between, you know, like, I, I remember, I was your age, I promise you, if you're my age and you use the term glizzy, seek help. I get it, it's that the kids, let, let, let them have it. It's not for us. I'm not making fun of them. They may do whatever they like. It's their term. It ain't for us. We can acknowledge our age, and we can say hot dog like a normal person. They, normal's unfair because it means that I'm saying the kids, but someone, it's an age-appropriate thing. I like it. It's glizzy it's, straw guy now. It's that's definitely. For you, yeah. he can be a glizzy straw guy. For me, as a, a man who's about to turn 39 years old, no. No, it's a hot dog. That's what it is and forever will be. Let someone else have glizzy. We have our own things, the things that we say, and they show appropriateness of our age. Let them have their things. Not a sermon, just a thought. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Forget plus-minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. So you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, Flash Fried Pork Belly, with their popular Korean number two sauce. And try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Tuesday edition of the program. Gavin Sheets is going to join us just in a few minutes ahead of the White Sox coming to Baltimore this week to take on the Orioles. If you missed it last night, stay in the fan, Charles. Ross Grimsley caught up with great Scotty McGregor. That show available right now, facebook.com slash Sports. Click on the videos tab or go to youtube.com slash online. Or pressboxonline.com slash video. Stand the fan, Ross Grimsley and Scotty McGregor talking baseball. You can't ask for a lot more than that. A um, couple things I want to get to here and then before we chat with uh, Gavin Sheets. One, when we had Jamie Kaiser on the show last week, um, the Maryland basketball commit, we had talked about the fact that he was working on trying to get Deshaun Harris-Smith to be the next one. Deshaun Harris-Smith is also a four-star recruit, also a DMV guy, someone who's originally from Fairfax, plays for Paul VI, and who has been hotly pursued not only by Maryland, 
but also by Indiana, Villanova, Xavier, Penn State. This is a well-thought-of local prospect for next season. He is set to make his announcement on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. He's going to do something in um, partnership with, I believe, uh, uh, 24-7 Sports, Inside MD Sports is part of that program. So he's going to do it with them. He's going to make his announcement. And everyone in the basketball recruiting world is now of the belief that he is going to end up at Maryland. Um, On3 Sports put out a crystal ball projection, and they list Maryland's chances at getting Deshaun Harris-Smith at 90%. Now, I want to say a couple things, right? Deshaun Harris-Smith is, at the moment, not considered like McDonald's All-American type of talent, but is a well-thought-of recruit. And the bigger statement is, of course, the statement that Kevin Willard would be making in his first cycle by nailing down three important local prospects in John Lamoth, Jamie Kaiser, and Deshaun Harris-Smith. Does that guarantee something moving forward? Not at all. Does it mean that even if you get talented players that, that he's going to be able to win with them? No, of course not. There was this misnomer for years that, you know, uh, people would say, boy, I wish we had uh, Mark Turgeon's recruiting with Gary Williams coaching, which always confused me because Mark Turgeon was not a better recruiter than Gary Williams was. He just appeared to be more interested in it than Gary Williams was. Mark Turgeon landed Diamond Stone and and Jalen Smith, and, like, he got a couple of really, really significant recruits, but it's not as if he was regularly bringing in loaded classes he got talented players but so did gary williams we we like we try to rewrite history and make it seem like gary williams was only ever taking two-star kids that's not the case now yes he was an insanely great coach and was able to coach more out of mid-level prospects than anyone else could but gary williams also landed very highly coveted prospects mike jones was a highly coveted prospect Travis Garrison was a highly coveted prospect. Chris Wilcox was the um, North Carolina State High School Basketball Player of the Year in North Carolina. I'm not sure if you've heard there are schools down there that care about basketball. And yet Gary Williams was able to get him and his staff. Let's be very, very clear, very clear about that. Um, landing talented kids means nothing. These kids might not pan out. Mike Jones never panned out. He was a McDonald's All-American and barely played because he was a liability defensively. It doesn't really mean anything, but in trying to figure out how to judge Kevin Willard before he gets the opportunity to prove something with wins and losses, it's another sort of check in the box of things that you like. You like that he's scheduling some higher profile non-conference games. That adds some excitement to the program. It adds some excitement to a season. Maryland is going to have a hard time being particularly good this year. But an early season game against UCLA is exciting. Should get a lot of people in the arena. 
I like that. That was a check for me. And yes, I thought he said all the right things in the press conference and the interviews that he did afterwards, including with us, and I liked that, and I gave that a check. Hitting the ground running and prioritizing local recruiting and getting kids from both Baltimore and D.C. and the DMV area that are highly regarded is another check. Does it guarantee anything? Not at all. Guarantees nothing. But I don't have enough to judge by in terms of wins and losses. He hasn't coached a game yet at Maryland. And even if this team is not particularly good this season, it will be difficult to judge him by it because it's mostly not his team. You do have to be fair and give guys time. Of course, we've seen stories. Iowa State a year ago was a team that was able to turn things around very, very quickly, led by um, uh, uh, Isaiah Brockington. It's, it can happen, but it's still tough and probably unfair to judge by that this season. So in judging by some of the other things, and again, we have to await the official announcement from um, Deshaun Harris-Smith, but it's, ex- it's expected to come tomorrow. And it's looking good for Maryland. And that's, there's no way of getting around it. That's a good thing for Kevin Willard, the staff that he's put together, Tony Skin and company at Maryland for the new foundation that they're attempting to lay for this program. You're not going to get me to say Kevin Willard's the greatest coach in the history of basketball because I have no idea. It's not all goat and trash. There is subtlety and there's nuance. And the nuance here is it's, it's another good thing. It's another check. It's another thing you'll like about what a coach is doing before the games are being played. But they still have to go out and prove that you can win. Like, that's still the part. Like, and win specifically in the NCAA tournament and win specifically in big late-season games and win specifically when it matters. That will be the ultimate, no matter what Kevin Willard does as a recruiter, he will ultimately be judged the exact same way that Mark Turgeon was. Do you win the games that matter? Or enough of the games that matter? Obviously, you can't win all of them. And Mark Turgeon didn't. And that was his undoing at the University of Maryland. Not a bad guy. Not a bad coach. Just someone who didn't win enough of the games that mattered. Kevin Willard can do all these other things. And people can complain about other things that Mark Turgeon stopped caring about recruiting some years ago and was more willing to try to go the um, transfer portal, portal route to put teams together. You can criticize Mark Turgeon for other things, but if he had put together programs that won big games via the transfer portal, that would have been fine. You, you get talent wherever you want to get talent. If Fats Russell can go win you uh, the, a Big Ten tournament and get you into the Sweet 16, everybody's going to be happy. I don't care how you put your roster together. Yes, I like the idea of it being more local players. Because we all think the talent is here, that if you could just get them to care, that you should be pretty good. But if you can put together a national championship caliber team and not a single one of them is from Maryland, that's okay by me too. I mean, I prefer it. It meant more that Juan Dixon led Maryland to a national championship. It meant more that Lonnie Baxter was a local guy and there was a Baltimore to D.C. guy and those are the ones leading Maryland to a national championship. But did we care at all that Steve Blake and Chris Wilcox weren't from here? No! Did not care! 
It's a good thing. Good thing. Thumbs up. On board. Now you got to go win games. Uh, Casey pointed out earlier when we were talking about Gunnar Henderson, and it's fair. Casey Schulman says, well, he's got to be better than Stowers going 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, right? And I, Casey, I alluded to this on Sunday night. When I made, yesterday we talked about this when we were talking about Gunnar Henderson. There are times where guys are going to come up and they're going to look lost. Kyle Stowers, it's not just that he went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts on Sunday night. It's that somehow it was actually worse than that. He was lost. He was nowhere close. There were some swings out of his shoes. There were some swings in the mix on Sunday night where I was like, dude, this guy. Like, almost like the pressure of a national TV game and knowing that, like, all of his buddies were going to be watching it and, like, trying to do something special on a national TV game was getting to Kyle Stowers because some of those swings on Sunday night were brutal. I mean, were just wild. That doesn't mean I don't think Kyle Stowers should be here. It doesn't mean I don't think Kyle Stowers can be a Major League Baseball player. Certainly, we're not going to compare Kyle Stowers to Gunnar Henderson. Kyle Stowers has not been scouted that way. Might very well be that he proves to be a better player than Gunnar Henderson. But to this point, the expectations are Kyle Stowers could be a Major Leaguer. Gunnar Henderson is going to be a Major Leaguer and might be a star. But the point being, we have to expect this type of adjustment period. We have to expect that there are going to be moments like this. We have to be okay with that. I don't think the Orioles should run off Kyle Stowers because he had one of the worst games I've ever seen from a major leaguer on Sunday night. I, I think he should still be playing and getting opportunities because I think that's the way that it works when someone adjusts to being a major league player. I, I keep saying this to me is not about the Orioles and the decision that they make. If they bring up Gunnar Henderson, I'm on board with it. To me, it's about us. It's like when I have the Isaiah Likely conversation. Be reasonable. You're overreacting to something that's not real. Preseason football is not real. It's a mirage. You're overreacting to it. And you're setting someone up for failure because of it. You're talking like Isaiah Likely is going to be a superstar in the NFL. And maybe he will be. But that's not a reasonable expectation just because of what they did in a mirage of a football game. We, the fan base, and I consider myself part of that, I'm going to go to a baseball game tonight. I'm not wearing any Orioles gear. I'm wearing a red shirt. I'm going to go to a baseball game tonight, and I'm going to clap when the Orioles do good things, and I'm going to root for the Orioles because I'm a fan of the Orioles. And as a fan, I think we need to temper our expectations for Gunnar Henderson. It's cool that he's here. I'm excited about the possibility of what he's going to be for some time moving forward. But if Gunnar Henderson hits 240, I'm not going to be disappointed by that because I get it. Most players take a little while to adjust to becoming major leaguers. Bring him here. Let him play. And again, at the bare minimum, he should be able to help you defensively and produce a little bit. And if you get more than that, awesome. That's Bully. Bully for everyone if it works out that way. Just don't expect it. All right, today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, where you should be, 
you can be there for week zero this Saturday. All right. You want to bet on Nebraska Northwestern, be my guest. Bet on Nebraska Northwestern. Bet on Illinois Wyoming. Bet on Yukon Utah State. You can't bet on the games involving a the one double A team or FCS team. It doesn't work that way. You you can't bet on those games. But you can bet on all the games between two FBS teams. And I believe there's another one in the MAC. I want to say there's a Nevada New Mexico State or something like that coming up on Saturday. You want to bet on those games? Place to be for that is Saturday. But it's the following Saturday. That's the big one. That's the juicy one. That one is prime. Ohio State, Notre Dame, Florida, Utah, Georgia, Oregon, Cincinnati, Arkansas. There is a loaded, loaded slate of week one. There's even some sneaky games that I look at. Like, I want to say something like North Carolina might be traveling to Appalachian State or something like they that. Are. Indeed, they are. Like, there's some even sneakier games as you continue to look at that schedule. Who's traveling? Somebody's playing at East Carolina in week one. Like, East Carolina is hosting... NC, 13th ranked NC State is going to East Carolina. And I know that they should win that game, but, like, that's just juicy enough to be interesting to me. And NC State favored by 10. It's just interesting, right? Like, at East Carolina. Just interesting. Just something I'm following away. It's such a loaded week one slate. The place to be for all those games is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. And I keep trying to tell you that wherever it is that you're planning on doing your, um, your fantasy football draft, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure if you're planning on going to Wings R Us, or if you're planning on just heading over to Dave's house, and you know his 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 wife's gonna make a crudite, whatever it is. Hopefully, she gets the right tequila from from Wegner's. Um, whatever it is that you're planning on doing, I'm sure it's going to be fine day. I just happen to know that it would be better if you did it on that week one college football Saturday in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel while you were betting on all the games. It's a no-brainer, man. Events at SportsSocialMD.com. Events at SportsSocialMD.com. Reserve your seat and you reserve your spot or reserve your entire fantasy draft right now. We had to do this a little bit earlier on today because of his schedule being back home, getting ready for a big series this week, but an opportunity to catch up with uh, Pride of Gilman, Maryland Zone, Baltimore Zone, Gavin Sheets from the Chicago White Sox right now here on GCR. Well, the Orioles and White Sox opening up a series tonight at Camden Yards. That means we get to catch up with an old friend. He is, of course, the pride of Gilman. He is White Sox slugger Gavin Sheets, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Gavin, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Dude, I remember what this was like last summer. Um, When we get there tonight... Will the numbers be quite like? Will the Gavin Sheets section at the game tonight be the thousands that it was last summer? <laughs> I'm not sure what to expect. You know, obviously, I know uh, you know that a lot of my family will be there, which is always fun. But uh, you know, you never know who's going to show up uh, that's that's unexpected. So um, you know, I'm, it's always fun to be back home, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. I don't know that we got to talk to you after. I know we talked to you before when you made your debut last summer. What, what yeah. was it uniquely like for you being back in Baltimore, experiencing that? I know wherever you're playing, you're playing Major League Baseball. That's amazing. But sure. what was that specifically like for you? It it was it was super special because um, you know it's easy to forget 
you know, when you're when you're playing baseball and you're going to places that you've never been, you know, it's easy to forget how special what you're doing is. And then, you know, you come back to a park that you grew up going to and, and obviously going with my dad and uh, watching games as a young guy. And, um, you know, then you're, then you're on the field playing. And you just remember what it was like going to Orioles games and, and how special it was. And um, I think you forget that aspect of it when you're playing at places that you've never been to. And then you come home to, to where you grew up going to games and, and next thing you know you're on the field playing the game yourself i mean it's it it, it it gave me goosebumps obviously you know it, it's not it didn't hurt that you <clears throat> produced for everybody that was in attendance so i don't think <laughs> i think that made it even more special of course um you know we we didn't love that quite as much but so it is so it is that's the way that it goes um kevin best things that you've learned now being over a year into this right best things that you've learned about you know what it takes to do this the ups the downs obviously you've been through a lot of that like what how are you different than when you first got up to the big leagues at this point yeah just more experience but as you said um you know the ups and downs of baseball it's uh it's it's a real thing it's it's a marathon you know 162 games we're the only sport that does it and you know you have to be able to respond so you have to be able to you know go for 0 for 4 one night and come back the next day and and have the ability to go 4 for 4 um, you know, it's, it's a hard, hard sport and, um, you have to be able to adjust. And, uh, obviously the, the longer I've played now, the more the scouting report, um, gets bigger. And, um, it's just a, it's a game of, of constant adjustments. And if you don't adjust, you're, you're going to get crushed here. And, mm. uh, so it's kind of the fun part of it. And, um, you know, trying to, trying to learn more and more about it. Uh, the Orioles and the White Sox playing three starting tonight. Gavin Sheets with us on GCR. Gavin, it, was there somebody, obviously, you, you know, you referenced your father, and I know he gave you so much advice, but once you got here, was there anything that stood out to you that somebody told you that said, hey, look, you know, be aware of this. Like, you've always been a rock star everywhere you've been. This is going to be a little bit different. Like, was there anybody that, that said something to you once you got there that stood out the most to you? I don't know necessarily if it was something that someone said, but um, you know, playing with playing with guys like Jose Abreu and, and Tim Anderson, and, um, you know, guys that have won yeah. batting titles and MVPs, and you know, you just you, you kind of watch them from afar and see, you know, the amount of work it takes, and you know, obviously the, the amount of work it takes to, to get to the big leagues is is incredible, but you know, one of the hardest things is staying in the big leagues and, and being successful every year, and. Uh, you know, you watch these guys get to the ballpark and, and the way they put in their work and, um, you know, just from working out and, and the swings they take and even in August. And, uh, you know, that's that's the special things that you see that, you know, really doesn't even need to be said because you're just you're, you're watching these guys with MVPs, you know, being the first one in the field and the last one to leave. So, mm. um, you know, it's, it's stuff like that that's, that's really cool to see. You know, obviously you're part of an outstanding franchise. I. I know there are a lot of people that have a lot of opinions about Tony Larusa, but the man is a legend. There's no getting around that, right? Like the man is an icon in the game of baseball. What has been your experience with Tony Larusa? What have you taken from being around a Hall of Famer day in and day out, and all of the no- the vast knowledge that he has of the game? Yeah, it's been it's been great playing for him. Um, you know, he's he's old school, but he, he's seen it all. And he's been, as a young guy, he's been great with me. Um, you know, he's pulled me aside a couple of times and said, you know, just he's told me some things. He's, he's taught me some things that, that he saw players that he's coached to. And, you know, when you're a Hall of Famer, it's, it, you obviously have an incredible resume, but um, you've also coached some incredible players. And so, 
you know, hearing stories about Albert Pujols and Larry Walker and, and guys like that and, you know, what what he saw them do that he thinks could help me is, you know, that's always special as well. And, um, you know, I know he's been – he's made some old-school moves lately, but um, you know, I, I, I enjoy playing for him, and he's been, he's been tremendous to me. We've got a great relationship. Uh, Gavin, you know, you've seen from afar, right? Because you still – I mean, by the way, I have to address I, – I remember last fall, Drew and I were planning our annual coat drive, and we were thinking about somebody that can invite to come hang out with us. And he said, well, I'll, I'll just call Gavin and see if he wants to come by. And I said, yeah, well, yeah. Why, why the hell would Gavin be here? Like, he's, 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 he's a big <laughs> leaguer now. He should be in, like, Arizona or Florida or something <laughs> like that. Are you really still was, living in Baltimore year-round? Yeah, Baltimore is still home for me, yes. That's, yep. that's crazy to me, man. Like, you, <laughs> why, why, why is it important to you? to be back here when the season's over and, and to still be part of this community? It's just a special place to me. Um, you know, obviously my family's still here. My family on the Eastern Shore and then obviously family in Baltimore. But, um, you know, a ton of my friends are still here and um, just made a ton of relationships that, uh, you know, this is still home for me. Wow. I, I, it's powerful to hear you. Do you get to go to Ravens games or anything like that once the season's over? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm at I had a lot of Ravens games. That's so, awesome, man. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's always a highlight of the off season, dude. That's really cool. I, I mean, I really had no idea that you'd be doing. I re- I swear to God, I had convinced myself, like, dude, he's got to be in Arizona. Like, he's got to be somewhere <laughs> where it's. War- Why no. would anybody want to be in Baltimore in December? <laughs> Sometimes in December and January, I get it. But uh, I can always make a quick trip to Florida, Arizona, if I need to. Sure, sure, <laughs> I get it. Um, that being said, you've seen from afar because you are still a Baltimorean. You know what the Orioles have been through. You know how bleak and how dark it's been for a little while. Um, the team that you're yeah. going to see tonight, uh, how surprised are you? Maybe did you did you see this coming? Did you know? Obviously, you know these players better than most people yeah. do because you've gone up against them. Did you have any clue that this was coming for the Orioles at the beginning of the season? Um, we played them in, in June or July, I believe. And, uh, you know, they came to town and, and they took two or three from us or three or four, one of the two. And, you know, we were all talking. We're like, man, this is, this is a different Orioles team um, that we've played. And, you know, from the way that just they're, they, they don't quit. Um, you know, they've got an unbelievable bullpen. They've got a lot of really dangerous bats and, and they just, they, they play extremely hard. And, you know, obviously being from Baltimore, I, I've always kept a coach close eye on them. And, um, you know, what they're doing this year is incredible. You know, it's, it's, it's great for baseball. It's, it's great for Baltimore, obviously, but, yeah. um, you know, baseball in general with, with a franchise like the Orioles being back and being competitive, um, you know, it's exciting to see. And, you know, we're, we're expecting a great series this week because, you know, we know what we're up against. And, you know, it's two teams competing for the playoffs and, and trying to trying to get in the, the playoff race. And I think we're both, you know, a game and a half, two games back of either our division or, or the wild card. So, um, yeah, we know we know very much that what we're up against this week, and it's, it's definitely a different Orioles team than you know, the past. Yeah, I'm so glad you bring up, like, what it, what it means to the city because you do get this, like – the, the yeah. electricity that comes along and, and you know it's a midweek series so it won't be the same like if this was a weekend series it would probably be sure. bonkers this week but like still there will be in another year there might be 5,000 people there at the stadium tonight there's right. going to be real crowds right. there you know what it does to this city for the team to be alive in this way it is the energy and what it means for the entire community it it, it really is nuts it, it really is I mean I was here when 
uh, I was in high school in, in 13 and then 14 when, right. when they were hosting playoff series. And, you know, I, and, until our, our playoff series in Chicago last year, I'd never heard a louder crowd. And, you know, it's just, it's an awesome sports city. And, um, you know, that it's, it's a, a fan base that's been craving for the Orioles to be, to be back in, in the race like this. And, uh, obviously being from Baltimore, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to see because, you know, I know what it means to the city to, to have a team that's, that's competing again and, and putting a winning product on the field. He is Gavin Sheets. Just another minute or two with him here as uh, we're getting ready for Orioles White Sox starting tonight. Gavin, remind me. So when 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 the game when the Field of Dreams game happened last year, were you on the roster? or You had been sent back down. I had just been sent back down. All right, uh, unfortunately. So so you still? I mean, have you gotten over that yet? Like, are you still? But like, because it's just yeah, the great. It's the greatest thing I've ever I've seen in my it. life. It is, it, and um, you know, this year was great as well. But last year's, I. You know that that can't be repl- replicated. The way it ended and um, oh, oh. You know, just the energy there was, was incredible. Purely ma- so I bring that up because the Orioles just played in the Little League um, Classic this past week, and I yeah. I couldn't get enough of the content, dude. Like the guy sliding down the hill with the kids, and you know asking for autographs from the kids. Like it was just unbelievable, and I. I kept thinking about the idea of like what it does to break up the monotony of a 162 game season, and I'm imagining th- there there could be a way to do like 15 of these a year so that every team in baseball gets to participate in one. Like how how nice is it? I get it. You guys are playing a game, and you know you're grateful for the opportunity. But the idea of getting to play in some sort of theme game or something that's just a little bit different, what might that do? For everybody, if there was, if there really were fifteen of these a season, to break up the monotony of a hundred and sixty-two game season. Yeah, that, I'm all for it. Um, you know, as you said, it just kind of breaks things up. It gives you a new, just a new flair to the game. And um, you know, I thought yesterday was was awesome. You know, I saw you know Cora going down and Rushman going down with all the kids. Right. And, and that's what it's all about. It kind of puts things back in perspective. Um, you know, you're in August. You've played, you know, 120 games at this point, 110 games, and um, yeah, you, you go and do something like that, and it puts it all back in perspective. Um, you know, you see the little little leaguers, and you know some of those guys were on those teams, and uh, you know, kind of goes full circle for you when you you remember those days, and then all of a sudden you remember now, wow, I'm playing in the big leagues. Um, so I think it puts things in perspective, and uh, you know, it breaks it up a little bit, it gives gives a little more excitement, um, something new, and you know, yeah, I'm all for it. I think you know the Field of Dreams and, and the Little League uh, Classic are. Are great ideas, and I think there's more that they can they can build off. Of and that. Like I know they tried the Omaha game one year during the College World Series, which I thought was a cool idea. And they used to do some military theme games, like at Fort Bragg. Like I I feel like that you could keep thinking this out, and maybe 15's ambitious, but still, like I feel like there's the opportunity to do more and more of this, and it just it demands. I, I dude, I have to watch every single one of them. Like I have to watch this game. It's just so cool to look at. Um, sure, absolutely, I I agree. Uh, Gavin Sheets, um, let's remind everybody where uh, folks back here can be following you. Twitter, Instagram, anywhere like that. Uh, Twitter at CleanSheets24 and then uh, Instagram at GSheets24. What's the one thing while you're home this week? What's the one thing you got to do? You got to get a meal somewhere? Or you got to go? Like, what's the one thing when you get a trip back to Baltimore that you have to accomplish while you're here? Oh, that's easy. I got to get some crab. I mean, crabs, either crab cakes or, or crabs. I mean, that's. That's a no doubter. Is the is the <laughs> preference to sit around at home and crack crabs, or is the preference to go somewhere? Uh, 
I'll probably try to go somewhere. Okay. Um, but I'm uh, either one, either do, one. Do you do you take uh, uh, do you take teammates with you and like do you have to go through the whole thing? We have to teach them. Like, <laughs> can they I look do. at you like, really? I what do. are we doing? I do. Some guys are some guys are experts with it. Some guys need a lot of help. So, <laughs> uh, but it's it's always fun, and you know, I think we we're doing a breakfast this morning where my dad's taking a couple of us out. So That's awesome, man. It's it's always a good time. It's always good to be home. That's awesome, Gavin Sheets. So happy for you and all the success you had, man. Thank you as always for taking the time for us, dude. Look forward to seeing you at a Ravens game. I'll, I'll be down there tonight, but I look forward to seeing you at a Ravens game back at the end of the season. All right. Thank you for doing this. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Anytime. Uh, Gavin Sheets, of course, uh, as the White Sox and Orioles get uh, their series underway tonight in Baltimore. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Very happy for him. He is an outstanding dude and um, someone who's had uh, a really nice start to his major league career. Today's show also brought to you by Swagger. Of course, Swagger, we love for multiple reasons. One is because you still can't bet on your phone or your computer in the state of Maryland. And that's stupid, and it shouldn't be that way, but that's the way that it is. Can't do anything about it. So what do you do? Well, instead, you play with swagger, and you feel like you're betting because you're putting together parlays by using player props. The difference being, the second reason why we love swagger is because unlike a parlay bet, traditionally, you don't have to win every leg of this ticket on Swagger. You just have to get enough points. So you need to go four of five or four of six or maybe seven of ten, whatever it is, you just have to get enough points on your ticket in order to be a winner. Not only to at least get your money back, but to actually win some money. If you go, if you do have a perfect ticket, then you can be a grand prize winner and you can really make some bank. But there is money to be made just by collecting points on your ticket. And then the other reason why we love Swagger is because they're giving you free money. Free money. You go right now to playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. You sign up. Ten bucks is yours to play with for free. Then you make a deposit up to $100. They match it. So you can... Get up to $110 in free money to use for playing with Swagger. And you start winning, you might never use your own money. You might win all sorts of money having only ever used their money in order to play. It's pretty remarkable. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. Go sign up. You can use uh, baseball games. As football season gets underway, you'll be able to play football contests, and we'll be doing a lot more of those. All the other sports are there as well. So you want to do um, tennis? Yeah, tennis. Griffin pointed that out Soccer. to me. Soccer, of course, with um, the Prem being underway right now. Believe it or not, basketball's coming. Hockey will be back. I feel like they just wrapped up a week ago, so they'll probably be back within six days. That's all available for you. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. And speaking of basketball, some big news out of the NBA this morning. We'll talk about it next. Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Birdland. Arrive early at the yard on Saturday, September 3rd, when the first 15,000 fans 15 and over will receive the first ever Orioles soccer jersey presented by Pepsi. Don't miss out on this brand new crossover kit before the Orioles clash with the Oakland A's at 7.05 at the ballpark that forever changed baseball. 
What better way to celebrate Labor Day weekend than with your favorite home team on a Saturday night? Great seating options are available, and tickets start as low as $15 at Orioles.com slash tickets. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com glory days grill great food good sports the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover bo smolka profiles ravens tight end mark andrews path to nfl stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more also inside we introduce you to football players at maryland navy townsend and morgan state and we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me, right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. So news this morning out of New York. Kevin Durant is off the trade block. And the longer this went on, the more I kind of assumed that's where it was going. Like, I... It became pretty clear. A couple of things became pretty clear. You know, it's really funny. I didn't get a chance to talk about this on this show, but while at at the height of all of this, I was the show was off the air for a couple of weeks because I was working the uh, World Lacrosse Women's World Championships over at Towson. And one night, I was working a game on the third field, and the third field was not uh, one of the stadium fields. The third field was just one of the football practice fields. And, like, literally our broadcast was underneath the tent, and it was the only covered part of the field. 
And um, at one point, it a monsoon hit. I mean, a monsoon hit. And some of the fans that were there all asked if they could crowd under the tent with me because it was blocked off for the broadcast, right? And I was like, I, I don't mind. By all means, come in and, and hang out. And it created this kind of weird atmosphere. And, like, I'm I'm trying to broadcast a game while literally the fans of the team are breathing down my neck. It was, I don't know, it was fun for me as a broadcaster. I enjoyed it. Um, but the game was Germany, Hong Kong, I want to say. I'm trying to remember who they were playing against. And as the game wraps up, I'm trying to say hello to all these fans, and they're thanking me for letting me join them under the tent. What kind of monster would I be? No, you have to stand out there in the monsoon. I'm I'm Glenn Clark. You may not bother me, but they're thanking me, and I'm, I'm exchanging pleasantries. And they're having a lengthy conversation with one of the fans. And it's not until five minutes after I walk away that it hit me, oh, that was Joe Sy. That was the owner of the Brooklyn Nets that I just had a five-minute conversation with. I'm an idiot. Um, Joe Sai's daughter played for Team Hong Kong at the uh, World Championships. And Joe Sai is a huge lacrosse supporter. He played um, college lacrosse at Yale. And he has been a big supporter of the sport and has used his success. What is it? What is his company? It's Alibaba. Is that what it's called, if I remember correctly? That, um has used that to like some of some of the success that he's had in business to help fund more things within the sport of lacrosse and it was just this really surreal moment cuz I was like oh my god I'm sitting I'm just sitting here chatting with the guy that's at the center of the biggest thing in the entire sports world and here he is just hanging out in the rain watching a lacrosse game on a Tuesday night um I'm not surprised I'm not surprised now I'm not surprised based on what it was the Nets were looking for for Kevin Durant that they just weren't able to get it. What the Nets wanted in order to trade Kevin Durant, I, I like Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant, I, I mean, I was praying that it was going to happen with the Suns. Praying. When they decided to to match the offer sheet for DeAndre Ayton that essentially clinched that it couldn't happen with Kevin Durant. That basically was the nail in the coffin that they couldn't trade for Kevin Durant. I know there was a lot of bluster about the Celtics and the Heat and a couple other places, but ultimately the longer that it took, the more it kind of became clear, this isn't happening. Kevin Durant's not being dealt. And in the end, they apparently sat down and they have worked things out and they have decided they're all together. The thing is that on paper they they should be good. Like on paper, they have a lot of talent. And if I don't know what the story is, has New York finally changed the rules to allow for unvaccinated players to play? Or I think so. Is or that it's still? Like, I I could have sworn that was something that happened around the time the Yankees season began. Because there are yeah, a lot of people. Kyrie, that I think, started playing. Again. Pointed out the irony of like, ah, they're doing this for the Yankees, huh? Real interesting, real interesting that when it got to that, I, I believe that's the case. So on paper, the Nets should be a threat in the East again. As awkward as everything has been, and as imperfect a player as Ben Simmons is, that trio with anyone 
should be able to compete with anybody in the East. It was a very awkward situation a year ago. And I got a lot of questions about why Steve Nash didn't bother doing any coaching once they got to the playoffs, why he was just like, eh, you guys go out there and figure it out. But basically every coach did that in the NBA in the postseason. It's this weird bit that now exists in the NBA where the coaches are afraid to coach. Where the coaches are all like, these guys make way too much money. They're not, I'm not going to get in their way. I'm going to, that's the new form of coaching is I'm going to trust my players. And they don't step in and they don't call timeouts. And that's thought of to be like a gimmick. That's the crap that you do in college. We don't do that in the NBA. I'm terribly confused by it. I, I, Greg Popovich certainly wouldn't have done that. And he won plenty of championships. So I'm very confused by how that works, that guys like Steve Nash just don't bother. Like, once the game begins, there's no coaching any longer. I don't get that. But if they really are all together and all on the same page and all good, then purely by talent alone, they should be a threat to win the East next year. Reality? At some point, I bet Kevin Durant is frustrated again. And at some point, I bet this becomes a drama again. But for now, Kevin Durant off the trade block. He and the Nets got together, and they have all said they're good and they're going to move forward. Whether it works out that way or not remains to be seen. All right, let's go ahead and get a tidbit as we move closer to uh, Simple the Bets. Oh, by the way, the, the announcement from the Panthers yesterday that Baker Mayfield was their starting quarterback, the height of absurdity. I said this all along. The idea that there was some sort of competition. I don't know what they were doing. Like, who was this charade for? Matt Corral, probably. Just waiting for – once his foot injury came out, then it was obvious that they had Oh, you don't think this, you think he was in, involved in the competition? No. I I've just so. never understood why they participated in this charade. Like, I remember when I was first getting into radio saying I, – I, I had to learn a lesson this day. I remember when the Ravens it – it had become clear that they were in the Steve McNair market. And remember, that trade took a while – it didn't happen at the beginning of the offseason. It took until maybe June in order for the trade to go down. It took a little while. I remember saying, as it was unfolding, don't be surprised if the Ravens suggest that there's still a competition between McNair and Kyle Bowler. Because as you remember, the Ravens were in love with Kyle Bowler. They had done everything they could to try to protect and give Kyle Bowler opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Now, I think I might have said it in more loud and obnoxious terms, but the crux of what I was saying is I don't think Kyle Bowler is just dead now in Baltimore because the Ravens loved him too much. As it turns out, Kyle Bowler would have been the starting quarterback for the Ravens once again in 2008 had he not gotten hurt. Um, Joe Flacco was not going to start that season as the starting quarterback. It would have been Kyle Bowler. In fact, it would have been Kyle Bowler, and then it would have been Troy Smith, but Troy Smith ended up in the hospital as well. It defaulted to Joe Flacco. Worked out okay. But I remember saying that, and everybody was looking at me like, why? Why? There's no competition between Steve McNair and Kyle Bowler. Stop. And that's the way that I felt all along about this. I get it. We're all... We, we like making Baker Mayfield the butt of jokes. And he certainly has not justified being the number one pick in the draft. But Baker Mayfield has been an NFL quarterback. He's been a qualified, legitimate NFL quarterback. 
which no one could ever say about Sam Darnold. For whatever goofy reason, there were a lot of people that just wanted to believe that Sam Darnold's plight was singularly the responsibility of Adam Gase. Which never made a lick of sense. There was never anything that we saw from Sam Darnold that said, boy, if he could just, we just wanted to believe that because we scouted him out of college that he was a quarterback. If he could just be around somebody else, he could be a quarterback. Well, I think we also just hated Adam Gase because Tannehill. Understood. Adam Gase is a clown. Yeah. No, like, but we kept wanting to rewrite reality because of it. Well, once he gets away from Adam Gase, he's going to show you. No. He's not shown us ever. He's not an NFL quarterback. And I guess if you kept giving guy chance after chance after chance after chance after chance, maybe on the eighth chance he would show that he's an NFL quarterback. But the idea that you were pre- pretending like there was something, there was some sort of competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, like there was some choice to be made between those two guys, I, I don't even like Baker Mayfield, and it was embarrassing and disrespectful to Baker Mayfield, who has proven himself as an NFL quarterback. Not a great one, but a qualified one. Something Sam Darnold has never done. This was an unbelievable charade that everyone just played along with for funsies. Well, they're going to have a competition down in Carolina. No, they're not. They're, I guess they're very worried about protecting Sam Darnold's feelings for some bizarre reason. So they're pretending like there's a competition. But one of these guys is a quarterback and the other one isn't. It's not a competition. It's insane. It's a competition. You know what a competition is? If the Falcons declared they were having a competition between Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, that would make sense. That's a competition. A guy who's never proven himself as an NFL quarterback versus a guy who's never proven himself as an NFL quarterback. The Steelers having a competition with Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph makes sense. None of them are quarterbacks yet. Seattle having a competition makes sense. Two guys that aren't really NFL quarterbacks. This was a joke. I mean, this was insane. Like, what were we doing? Yeah. Well, you know, they they acquired a... Sure, the, the Broncos acquired uh, Russell Wilson, but he's got to beat out Teddy Bridgewater for the job. I don't even know if Teddy Bridgewater's still in Denver. I have no clue. I don't know who the backup quarterback is. I can't remember. He's got to beat out the who's the wide receiver that uh, masquerade. He's got to beat out Kendall Hinton to be the quarterback. I mean, come on, guy. What are we doing? What are we doing? I don't know. I get it. The, the Baker Mayfield is not Russell Wilson. I understand. It's not apples to apples. Get to the tidbit. Okay. tidbit. Okay. Did, I, did I give it a sponsor? Uh, I don't think you did. Tidbit is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Catch all the action at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, and there's still time for you to enjoy some of the summer seasonal menu favorites, like the opener, the flash-fried pork belly with the Korean number 2 sauce, the lobster roll with the grilled corn, the South Carolina barbecue chicken, which I just wanted to run my face over. I just wanted to rub my face with that Carolina gold sauce and let it drip into my okay this might maybe this is sounding pornographic the point is it's all incredible glorydaysgrill.com get your order in now what you got okay so more albert Pujols stats because he's just unbelievable he's at 693 career home runs now he's seven away from 700 so uh the stat that i found was over the last 10 games albert Pujols has a batting average of 567 a 1.300 slugging percentage, seven homers, and 14 RBIs. That's over his last 10 games. And there have been only three other players 
in Major League Baseball history to have matched all four of those marks in a 10-game span. And I think you should be able to name those three. Barry Bonds. There you go. Out of, out of way. <laughs> Barry Bonds is one of them. Babe Ruth. Not Babe Ruth. All right, so let's see. Mm, Alex Rodriguez. Not Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> I mean, all, all I can do here is name great players. Yeah. Um, um, Mickey Mantle. Not Mickey Mantle. <laughs> uh, Frank Robinson. Not Frank Robinson. Hank Aaron. Not Hank Aaron. Guys, Willie uh, Mays. There you go. Willie Mays is number two. Well, I guess number three overall. So there's one more guy left. Okay. Our, uh, naming some guys today. Yeah, naming our, some guys on a. I our, like our friend guys. Gavin Sheets. Uh, name dropped him in his interview. Jose Abreu. Not Jose Abreu. Uh, Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Oh, that's random. That one's that. that one's random. Yes. That one's more. I mean, I get it. He's a Hall of Famer, but he's not. He's not like the other guys on the. One of these guys is not like the other. Two of the greatest players of all time, and then Larry <laughs> Walker, who's a really good one. Nobody's saying he's not a really good one. Hall of Famer. I understand that, but not like the other two. All right. All right that it. Yes, that is Very it. I'll good. have another Albert Pujols tidbit tomorrow as well. I saw that he became the player that has hit the home runs off the most, num- the greatest number of pitchers all wow. time. That's a record that he surpassed yesterday. So kudos to him. I'm not going to have you try to guess all 443 of them or whatever I it was, though. I can name a couple. Let's see. I'm sure you can name a couple, yes. I don't have the entire list in front of me. All right, here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise. As I mentioned earlier, Orioles-White Sox open up a three-game series tonight. Dylan Cease on the mound against Austin Voth, which on paper doesn't seem great, but we'll find out. Every single time Austin Voth pitches, though, it seems like it's not great. I mean, and yet here we are. Yeah. I mean, he pitched seven innings last week, or six innings. He pitched six innings last week. Um, that's tonight at 7 on Masson. Masson 2, Nationals Mariners at 10. TBS, Mets, Yankees at 7. MLB Network, Cardinals, Cubs at 2. Twins, Astros at 8. ESPN for coverage of the Little League World Series at 1. Then the, the decider between the Chicago Sky and New York Liberty tonight at 9. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, let's see. we got a new episode of What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, Hard Knocks, Episode 3, of course. And then the Season 2 finale for Only Murders in the Building. And then an uh, untold uh, series on Netflix continues with what, what, rise of rise and fall of and one the uh, like footwear. So they just company. but they just did this like they just did a thirty for thirty about did they the mixtape tour they did literally oh, they did. just earlier this year so I don't know so Netflix is late yeah that's the tough part about this is that like I saw they were doing this and I was kind of less interested in it because I had literally just watched a thirty for thirty they're doing one on Tim Donaghy this season and I am excited for that one but the and one one I'm like. I, I don't know how it could be all that different than literally the 30 for 30 that just came out like a couple of months ago. Yeah, Tim Donnie's next week. Okay. So, and it's going to be hard to follow up Manti Teo anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, that one, no doubt. All right, thanks today to uh, Gavin Sheets. Thanks also to Jeff Arnold. We'll get that up in the greatest hit section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Anything tomorrow? Tomorrow we will have June Lee. Oh, ESPN, ESPN baseball writer will join us. Did we hear back from Drew? Uh, not yet. But Might we'll, have to pivot. Been. We're doing the hot dog thing tomorrow. Yes. We're going to do it. It's just who's going to come in and do it with us. That's the question. But we're doing it tomorrow for sure. All right. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Acosta Sin, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Visit Howard County, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. I'll see you at the game. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. If you are with us on video, give us a minute. We'll be back. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. Simply the Bets is next.
And welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass with you. In just a minute, we will head out to Vegas, chat with our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN, get his five L's of sports betting for the week. Then later on in the show, we will be joined by Leon Twyman of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, where I believe today is a very big day for them. I will let him tell you a little bit more about that coming up later as uh, there is something new that you will now be able to experience in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Of course, uh, baseball continues to be a central focus for Simply the Bets. We are one final week of preseason NFL games and actual college football games that you can bet on begin this week. Joining us now to present his five L's for the week, he is our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN out in Vegas, and he's with us on Simply the Bets. What's going on, pal? How are you? I mean, you said, how could I not be great? We have real, actual yeah, football to I bet mean, on this weekend. It, it ain't great, but it's something. Like, it's something. Next week is, next week's well, the next week. Well, next week's the real Next thing. week's the week. Yeah. Next week we can all be, this is, I don't even know that I can qualify this as an appetizer. This is a really brutal week. But we'll talk yeah, about there's it. There's a few games uh, in there. Yeah, right. there's a few we'll games We'll talk about it. Um, only two of your bets were settled last week, and you went one and one. Oh, what a pathetic loser picking the under, or sorry, picking the over on 41 and a half points in the Ravens game. You dummy. You were a half point off. What an idiot. I know, Warren, and hopefully if you listened to it and you were like, you know what, I really like that play, but I can't get out to the, to the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook until Friday. If you had waited till Friday, you got that number at about 38 and a half, so you're a big winner. Mm, so hopefully you waited mm, a little bit. <laughs> well, you didn't. You were a loser. Is, uh, no, the number was I'm a loser. 41 points, and you had it over 41 and a half. I was a loser as well because I had the Cardinals covering, and I also missed by a half a point. <sighs> Lay sigh. Um, you did hit uh, your love bet, and you've been doing pretty good. You're three of your last four on your love bets. Uh, Dylan mm-hmm. Cease and Justin Verlander both uh, combined for a no a scoreless first inning, so you hit that one in the White Sox-Astros game last Tuesday. So there you go. Now, five bets this week. Local bet, long-term, long-shot, lovable, loser, they're all coming your way. Let's begin locally. What's the local bet that you like this week, sir? Well, so I actually forgot that Dylan Cease was involved in uh, that bet last week, my love that came through, because Dylan Cease is on the mound against the Orioles today. And he you know, if, you've been listening to this, if you've been listening to this program through baseball season, you know that uh, Dylan Cease is actually one of my favorite pitchers in baseball this year to bet on in various different ways. And really the, the way I've done it, I believe I've given out a love a couple times on this show is his strikeout prop today. His strikeout props at six and a half strikeouts. That's sitting the over is sitting at minus 145 right now. And while this used to be at just an absolute automatic play, no matter what beginning of the season, he was hitting it every single time. It, it's been a little bit less uh, likely this time. He's, hit over uh, over six and a half in five of his last eight. Of course, last time he faced the Orioles, he struck out 13. I do think after uh, last outing, where it didn't go quite as well for Dylan Cease. He bounces back today, has a little bit of extra rest. I uh, got a week of rest after skipping a start on Monday. 
So I think that extra juice will get him going, and I do believe he will get over six and a half strikeouts today. Like I said, minus one forty-five. Well, I hate you. Um, I'm going to the game tonight, so I, I will be I, very unhappy if that's the case. Uh, uh, go after hey, yourself. No, I'll be rooting they, strongly against happen. it. Things can happen. They can win. They just have to strike out seven. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I don't want to see that. Also, of course, we're still waiting to find out if Gunnar Henderson will be called up uh, for the series yeah. Saturday night. So, in my mind, I'd like to think that Gunnar Henderson will rock Dylan C so badly that he'll be out of the game within three innings and will be nowhere close <laughs> to this number. Uh, so, get the f out of here with all of that. All right, uh, long term. Let's go there next. What's a futures bet that you got your eye on? Well, since you didn't like my local bet there, I'm going to give you a double dose of local play. And this is one we actually kind of, I believe we mentioned it about two months ago when I was talking about another bet. But uh, I don't think I've ever given it out officially. And the more I look at it, the more I realize that really, no ma- not no matter what the juice is, but at the juice right now, I really, really do like it. Uh, that's the Maryland win total. Yeah. This year. Maryland win total at FanDuel sitting at five and a half over is minus 135. And Really what this is going to come down to is that SMU game. Um, they're going to go 2-0 and in the other non-conference games, most likely. I think they're going to get at least three wins in conference play. They play Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern, Rutgers. You know, there's always a chance that they can get Penn State or maybe even Michigan State, though I wouldn't necessarily count on that. But even just those first four, you take three of those four, and you go 3-0 and in non-conference play, you get to a bowl game, and uh, that's all you really have to do if you're Maryland. All of those are very reasonable things. It's sitting at minus 135 right now. I'd probably play it all the way up to 150. I think there's a really decent chance that Maryland makes a bowl game. So at minus uh, 135, I, I really like the uh, over five and a half for Maryland wins this season. I, I'm really struggling with this. And the reason why I'm struggling with it is because I, I almost think it's a no-brainer. The, the, the people that have no emotion in this whatsoever – like I, uh, my buddy Michael Felder from Stadium over the weekend said, "Dude, this should be an eight-nine win team." Um, well, and and that, and points but. out like he's like, "You guys don't realize how bad Michigan State is going to be this season." Like that, that's a game. This is the the people that just analyze and have no emotion, and and I know these things are true. Will point out all of the following. This is the most experienced roster Maryland football's ever had. The, like mm-hmm. in, in in the modern era. Um, it, it's not just that they have a quarterback or not just that they have literally one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country. Like that's not hyperbole. That's legitimate fact. It's that their secondary is insanely deep, deeper than we've ever seen a secondary at Maryland with perhaps as many as three NFL players starting in the secondary. And then the one that nobody wants to talk about is that the thing we always say is, yeah, but can they keep the quarterback healthy? And, of course, that's eternally going to be a question. But they've never brought this much back on an offensive line that kept the quarterback healthy a year ago. Right. Like, they've never they've never been in this position before. So all of us that, of course, have the dread and the, okay, but this is still Maryland football that we're talking about, right? Like, let's not get get carried away here. The people that have no emotion involved will say, no, dude, you don't know what you're saying. Just simply analyzing what they have, they're better than this. And that number is, it should not be five and a half. But then when you meet with the reality of the way that all of us feel, which is, right, but it's still Maryland football that we're talking about, I get why the number is still sitting at five and a half. From an analytical standpoint, I can't fathom it not being 
the over on that. Like on if I take mm-hmm. all emotion out of this conversation, of course the answer is the over. But when I bring emotion back in and I say, right, but is there any chance in hell that Maryland football will have a healthy quarterback for the entirety of two consecutive seasons? No, no way. (laughs) Bet the under. So I'm in a very difficult spot. I think you're, of course, right in your suggestion. It's just it's so complicated for anyone who has an amount of emotional involved with Maryland football because we, we can't be. We, we can't take those blinders off. We can't have a legitimate, realistic conversation about it. It's, it, it, it's absolutely uh, that way. And, I mean, for what it's worth, the five and a half is actually a low point of the market. Most of the places around the country and around Las Vegas do have it at six. There you go. So if you're, look, if you're looking at something, you know, kind of, again, taking a step back and saying, okay, is, you know, beyond it, there's another sign that's saying, look, maybe, and that's why it's juiced to 135. You don't a lot of times see uh, mega juices unless it's in Alabama or Ohio State where they just have to put it at 11 and be like, ah, screw it. You know, I know you're going to yep. play, but I'm not going to make you pay for it. Uh, for something for a team like Maryland, you don't normally see minus 135. So the fact that it is, I think, says a lot. And um, so, yeah, I mean, look, the floor, if everything goes well, should be six wins. It should be. So, yeah. All right, long shot. What's the um, what's the underdog that you have uh, your eye on for this week? All right, uh, I'll be going to the NFL here, and uh, another award that I kind of like. And I'm looking at the offensive player of the year, and I haven't really paid a lot of attention to this market. Um, obviously, you know what this award has kind of turned into is is the non quarterback award in a lot of ways. Is you know, MVP is going to go to the quarterback, so we're going to reward somebody else here. So I'm looking at the running backs, looking at the wide receivers. And there is one player that's jumping out at me on this list as, again, a long shot. And, you know, everyone's kind of looking, all right, who's the next Cooper Cup? Who's the next Cooper Cup? The guy who's going to really break out, the guy who's going to get really, uh, you know, get all the targets, get the near 2,000 yards. And everyone's gravitating towards Justin Jefferson because of the new offense and everything, and very understandable. And that's why he's the second favorite in this market. But there is another wide receiver where all expect, a lot of people are expecting to break out and who won't have a lot of competition for targets. And everything you can say about Justin Jefferson could also apply to him. And that's CeeDee Lamb for the uh, Cowboys. Amari mm-hmm. Cooper is gone. Michael Gallup is probably going to start the season on the pup list. Obviously, Jalen Tolbert's kind of drawing some buzz in camp. But again, you're talking about a rookie quarterback there. For an offense that people still expect to be pretty good, despite how they may feel about the team overall, and CeeDee Lamb right now is 75-1 to to win Offensive Player of the Year. Again, it's a long shot here. I think a lot of things would have to go right. We don't know how CeeDee Lamb is going to uh, perform. as just kind of the undisputed number one target going to get all of the attention. But at 75-1, to this feels a little bit high to me. I feel like this should be more in the 30-40-1 to to range. So at seventy-five to one, I don't mind a flyer on it. I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that. I I I hear your argument, and I I don't know about the odds, but I just I I don't I I, I it's way too way too unlikely for me. Way too unlikely for me to take that flyer. All right, Aaron Oster is with us from Veasan out in Vegas. Let's move on now. Give me the one that you say. Whatever you do, do not like hell. Do not make this bet. Stay the f away. Do anything else with your time. Lock yourself in a room. This bet is a loser. Um, so, again, was perusing through the awards, and I was looking at all the favorites and trying to see if there was one that didn't 
really makes sense. And not that this one doesn't make sense, but I think there's enough of, around it to uh, fade one of the favorites here in the comeback player of the year market. The favorite is Derrick Henry at plus 400. And with an award like comeback player of the year, so much of this is narrative driven. And I do wonder if the narrative becomes around this award. Did, didn't he come back last year? Um, and I, I, I wonder if there's enough voters out there, especially when there is actually a a good number of come, you know, potential comeback players, guys like Christian McCaffrey, guys like Saquon Barkley, Jameis Winston on the quarterback side who will have, you know, you'll be able to say, yeah, these guys put up really good numbers. These guys came back. These guys legitimately came back in some cases when, you know, Saquon or Christian McCaffrey, you could say, man, they're, they're coming back from multiple injuries over multiple years. That um that plus four hundred again he could win it if he comes out and he's Derrick Henry and he's leading the league in rushing and these other guys aren't really putting up much of a fight Derrick Henry could actually do it and the narrative won't uh, factor in but I do wonder if it's a close race if it's you know Jameis Winston is is lighting things up if Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley look like their players the narrative goes to all right we we want to reward this to someone who is coming back this year. And and they cast aside Derrick Henry, and that. that's why I just I hesitate as him as that big of a favorite. Okay, all right, I, I I hear you, I hear you on that. And then the one that you love, the one that you say, get there, get there now, stop hang, stop watching, stop listening. The moment this comes out of my voice, get in your car, fly to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel to make this bet. What do you love? Well, I am looking at uh, college football week zero here. Uh, so again, some real football to play. I couldn't pe- turn up uh, playing something. And you were talking about Maryland's returning production. That's something a lot of people like to look at, uh, especially in the early season is returning production. I actually kind of like looking, when it comes to the early games, looking at the opposite that uh, way and looking at the teams with the fewest amount of returning production, thinking that they're going to have take a little bit of time to get things sorted in. Wouldn't you know, uh, the three teams with the lowest production, which are Hawaii, Nevada, and Wyoming, mm. are all playing in mm. zero. Mm. Um, so I think those are all interesting uh, teams to fade there. And what I liked actually initially, I really liked the New Mexico State at Nevada game because that opened at uh, Nevada minus 16, but that's all the way down at this point to Nevada just minus eight and a half. I still think that might be worth a play, but I think a lot of the value has been taken out of that game. So I'm actually looking at the uh, Illinois-Wyoming game. Uh, For Wyoming, only eight starters are back, and just 35% of last year's production is there. Uh, Illinois does have some returning players, six on each side of the ball. Their offense is, you know, it's not necessarily something fancy. So for week one, you kind of like just kind of the basic, let's just get it done. You have the really good running game. From Illinois, the line right now is Illinois minus nine and a half. And I'm going to take that one. So give me Illinois minus nine and a half against Wyoming. All right. Very good. Uh, tell everybody what's going on with VEASAN. Uh, VEASAN, we are getting you ready for football. We have our college football guide out. Our NFL guide should be coming out later this week. You can check that out. Get all that. Get all of our different subscriptions. You can check all that out at VEASAN.com. At the AOster on Twitter is how you follow him. Aaron, appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Hey, hope everybody hits their bet. Have a good week. That's Aaron Oster from VEASAN out in Vegas joining us here on Simply the Bets. Um, these are the games for week zero of college football season. 
Uh, Nebraska Northwestern out in Dublin. Northwestern, 13.5-point dogs. And I get it. Northwestern stinks. I just don't understand what Nebraska's done in order to earn 13.5 points. Um, Illinois, 9.5-point favorites against Wyoming. Utah State, 27.5-point favorites against UConn. Uh, Charlotte, 7.5-point dogs against Florida Atlantic. North Texas, 1.5-point favorites uh, at UTEP. And Nevada, 8.5-point favorites on the road at New Mexico State. Saturday night, Hawaii, 6.5-point dogs at home against Vanderbilt. Those are the Week 0 college football games you can bet on. Again, any game that involves uh, an FCS team going up against an FBS team, and there's a lot of those this week as well, you, you can't bet on those games. Um, you, you know, it's just there's too much there where they're not both being FBS teams. So, you want to get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook? You can bet on those this weekend. And there is a new feature available for you when you go to the FanDuel Sportsbook to bet on games. We're going to talk about that next with our buddy Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. He joins us next. This is Simply the Bets. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Forget plus-minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. So you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. 
The 2022 Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite continues on Saturday, September 10th with the Struts post-game concert. After the O's take on the Boston Red Sox, stay to watch the Struts perform live from the infield. Concert admission is open to all fans who attend the game with the option to add special on-field access for just $25. With hit singles like Kiss This and Could've Been Me, this is one Saturday night at the yard you can't miss. Buy now at Orioles.com music. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Getting you ready for the start of college football season. Again, looking at some updated odds. One more week of preseason games in the NFL, and the Ravens will try to make it 23 straight. Ravens, who have covered now in 11 straight preseason games, once again, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Commanders on Saturday night. Of course, that game is at home. Ravens minus 280 on the money line, six-and-a-half-point favorites to keep the streak alive on Saturday night. And after the mistake I made last week, I don't think I'm going to make the same mistake this week. I believe that I will bet the Ravens this week to cover the six and a half. So, of course, that means that I will I will be the one that jinxes it. But this is a very difficult thing for me. I want to make money. I also just want the streak to end so we can stop freaking talking about it because it's so insanely stupid. And a reminder, you can read more about that when you check out my column at PressBoxOnline.com, which is available right now. But uh, six and a half points is the number for the Ravens in their final preseason game against the Commanders on Saturday night. And if you want to watch and bet that one, the place to be, of course, is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Let's go there right now. Our friend... FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman is standing by. And, Leon, you would tease today was going to be the, the day. Are bet pads now available in the FanDuel Sportsbook? Yes, and they are out, actually out there on the floor right now. So if you stop by, you can actually utilize those. All right, so let's talk about that. Today's a big day, obviously. Bet pads are now available. Tell me how this works, right? Like, I show up tonight. The Orioles are playing the White Sox. I want to hang out, get some food at Sports and Social, watch the game, what do I need to do if I want to take advantage of the bet pads? So all you'll need to do is you'll have to have a player's account with us. So you'll come to the counter. If you don't have a player's account, we'll actually create that for you. So you'll have to have the live rewards plus the FanDuel player's account. And we will actually give you a QR code that you'll purchase with us at the counter. You'll take that QR code back to your seat with your bet pad. And you'll scan that QR code with the camera, and it will fund that session for you. And you'll be able to wager while you're sitting there watching whatever game you want to watch tonight. So, so how does this work with like? So, when you say I'm I'm purchasing it, do I have to up? Do I have to purchase all of the money I'm going to make for my bets? Can I add money as I go along? Like, how clearly this is a little bit different than when you walk up to the machine and you got to be putting money in the machine. That's correct. So you have the option to, you know put as much money onto the QR code um, at one time, or you can use that same QR code, come back to the counter. If you wanted to add more money, we're able to top up that QR code as well. So you don't have to have a set amount. You can put a little bit at a time on there and top up as you go along. 
So the idea would be, like, if you're planning on sitting around for the day, so, like, for example, this Saturday there are college football games throughout the day, and if you want to go hang out and spend the day betting baseball, betting college football, you know, and you, you don't feel like you really want to get up and go to the counter the entire time, you load up, uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks, something like that. You put as much money, whatever you don't use, um, you can get back, but you load up so you don't have to go back up to the counter throughout the day. You can just sit there on the bet pad and make all your bets while you're sitting right there in that reclining chair. Exactly. Now, the only thing is we have a minimum bet set to it, but okay. the minimum bet is $20. That's it. For, so for every specific bet that you make, you've got to bet $20 on the pad. Correct. Okay. That is that is relevant. And then is there an, an amount of time? Like, are there rules to how long you can have the bet pad? Anything like that? So as long as you're, uh, you're actively betting, um, you know, we're going to make sure that you are utilizing that to your full potential. And the way the QR code works, um, basically, at the end of the night, the QR code will expire. Okay. So you won't be able to reuse that QR code the next day. So it would only be payable and not playable. So you'll be able to cash it out, but then you are able to get a new QR code after that. And how many bet pads do you guys have? Uh, we have 20 right now. 20, right? Is that, is, when you say right now, it sounds like what you're saying is that number might be expanding at some point. It's... You know, if it if it becomes a, a big hit and we feel like we need to utilize uh, more bet pads, yes, we will add more. Well, I don't know if you've heard, football season is starting. I get the sense that that might be a popular option. Um, I think it will be. I honestly think it will be. Yeah, they they're, might... uh, they're pretty cool. They look just like the app, man. It's, it's so cool. Uh, well, it's awesome, man. I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to get back down there as we get into football season and uh, use it myself. I think it's going to be a really cool thing. Uh, for everybody who comes down to bet in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, Leon, a week ago we were talking about uh, the fact that you guys uh, took a big loss on a Ravens preseason game. Well, somehow, some way, holy crap, it happened again. The Ravens won and they covered again in a preseason game. What did that mean for the casino on Sunday nights? That we are actually uh, we actually did take a pretty big loss. We've actually taken a loss on all sports over the past couple of days so really it's uh yeah it's been pretty pretty crazy in the sports book here with us baseball has just been absolutely insane we have <laughs> we have a, a player right now who is just absolutely taking all of our money right now okay so explain uh, what what is that player do, what what have, what have they been hitting on that's been working for them it, it, it's baseball parlays it, it's insane he just came up this morning and cashed a large amount but as of right now, since day one of opening, he's up right now 252% on us. <laughs> well, um, well, well, you know, what? It, when you say that, though, it's interesting because I feel like somebody listening might hear that and say, huh, I always thought that if somebody won too much, their money was no longer welcome there. You've got somebody who's, who's kicking your butt and you're still taking their bets. Yep, we're still taking his bets. Um, you know, he just cashed out. There was a, a ticket for a thousand dollars that that paid out twenty thousand, and then we had one that was three thousand that paid out uh, about twenty seven thousand. So he's uh, he's killing us right now with his parlays. Wow, but but yet there you go. You guys are still saying, hey, just because you're winning doesn't mean that we don't we don't want your your business. Um, you're it's it's we like. I like to see it. Yeah, it's fair play. Like that's the thing that I the, like the guys winning bets fairly, 
And that's the way it goes. So, okay, we'll keep we, – we, everybody's – Everybody's got their opportunity to win. That's the way that it works, and I and I love to hear that. Um, when when you know, could you could you don't happen to know if he's got any tickets out right now that you could just like pass along to me what's on the ticket, so maybe I could. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think you know. he's wagered today just ah, yet. <laughs> ah, well, you know, you've you've got my phone number, Leon. <laughs> like yeah, you could <laughs> could maybe pass along to me what the what it is this man or is I'm assuming it's a man, maybe it's a woman. Uh, whoever it is, what this person is betting, so that perhaps your friend, your friend Schmen Schmark, could stop by the uh, FanDuel <laughs> Sportsbook a little bit later and perhaps replicate some of the bets that this guy is making. Uh, what else have you seen action coming in on this week? Uh, I, I met. So it's funny you say that the, um, you, you know, it's been a bad couple of days. I would have thought that you guys would have done well on the fight on Saturday night. So we actually still ended up losing money, um, which was actually very surprising to me. It's stunning so to me. I can't. Lose, you, you, we didn't lose much, but we still lost. How was it? Was on specifically the main event or just on the card as a whole? Because I would think there couldn't have been that much action on Leon Edwards on Saturday night. No, it was just the card um, as a whole that we ended up just losing on. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I would. I would be stunned. I would have. I would have thought that would have been a huge winner for you guys. When something like that happens, so so give me the idea. What does it look like in like the back room? When Leon Edwards knocks out Kamaru Usman, are you guys back there like throwing high fives because you know it's a big win for the book, or like does everybody else have their own specific bets and so they're they're mad because they like what is the scene behind the scenes when something as stunning as that occurs on Saturday night? So I personally had money on Usman, obviously, <laughs> so I wasn't too happy. <laughs> I mean, I was in just complete shock. I was like. What just happened? Yeah. Well, so are the rest of us, right? By the way, the hell are you doing? You're, you're, you're. That's disgraceful to all Leons. You should be having like Leon respect going. On. Exactly. You know, I told a few people that I said, "Why am I betting against my own name?" Correct. <laughs> like one of your own. What are you doing here? Um. So you're yeah. saying that in that moment, uh, a personal you, Leon, the person overcomes Leon the company man in a situation yeah. like that. Yes, I was like, wow, this is uh, absolutely insane. I actually I, I lost two uh, two pretty big bets over the weekend because I actually I didn't go too big into um, Anthony Joshua, but I did go one on mm. him, so mm. I'm hoping for the win on that side. Mm. That is that it that it was an it was a wild night. It was a wild Saturday night. Uh, what else are you seeing action come coming in? Are, is there like a football futures bet that you're particularly seeing like a surprising amount of action come in on before the season begins? No, we haven't really gotten any type of um, crazy futures that have really stood out to me. I expect those to actually start coming in like a week before the season starts. Um, that's so probably about next week is probably when we'll start seeing some of those crazy ones, or even just the first week as well. Um, that's that's when I'm expecting to start seeing some of those crazy ones come in. Um, I I get that. I get that. I you know I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to suddenly get kind of froggy here as we get even closer. All right, Leon, anything else we should know about that's going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook? I mean, I get it. Bet pads, that's that's what's going on. That's what matters today. Uh, but anything else we should know about that's going on? No, just continue coming in, utilizing the 61 kiosk that we have. Um, again, we're open for the counter from 9 to 12 during the week. Um, 
or I'm sorry, actually 11 to 12 during the week, 9 to 12 on the weekends. Kiosks are 24-7, and then the bed pads, they'll be during operating hours as well. So you'll definitely have to come in and bring your friends, bring whoever, and let's utilize those. I'm trying to get them out there on the floor as much as possible. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Leon Twyman, appreciate you, brother. Always thank you for taking the time for us. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Right. Have a good one. Thank you. It's Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Maryland, again, bet pads available starting today. Get down there, get up to the counter, say, I want to sit around. I don't want to have to keep walking up here to make my bets. I want to do it right there from my seat. Load it up. Put however much money you want to put on there. I would put too much money on there because you can always take your money back that you don't bet. Uh, once you're done later on, that's going to be a great thing. All right. Um, Griffin is going to give us uh, the tidbit of the week, but if you missed it yesterday, since this is the betting show, Griffin is still crowing over hitting his gratuitous grouping, uh, a three-leg parlay that he hit last week that uh, paid out in the neighborhood of uh, plus 800, right? Yes, yes. Not bad, not bad. Uh, we'll do that one of those again on next Thursday. Of course, did you... Did you, was that, how much money did you win versus how much you lost betting on Usman on Saturday night? Um, let's see, I didn't put a ton on on Usman. I think, I mean, I, yeah, it helped, obviously. I think I made just about everything back. I think, yeah, it was a kind of a, I went about like 500 on the card. So, so uh, it wasn't. So I, I ended up in. The, I ended up positive. Okay. Because, because of this parlor. All right. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. What you got, tidbit? All right. Let's see. So first off, I want to go. Uh, this, so this time last year, the Bengals were uh, plus fifteen thousand, one hundred fifty to one to win the Super Bowl, um, and now they're so there are a couple teams in that uh, range right now. So I want to know like which of those you would be willing to bet on in that same range because if to make a Bengals like run. So Seattle, uh, the Jets, the Lions, and the Bears are all in that uh in that realm. If you had to pick one, who do you think would make a Bengals like run? The the Jets, the Lions, the Bears and the Seahawks. God <laughs> If I had, like, if I was forced to, you're yeah, putting you're a gun to my to. head and yeah, saying yeah. you have to make this. Which bet. of these guys is making a run to the Super Bowl? I can't believe I'm saying this. I think of that group, it would. Ha- the, oh God. <laughs> so the answer before this season began, I would have said, look, the Bears are thin at receiver, but you know they're they're the one that you can squint and most believe has a quarterback. But they were thin at receiver to begin with, and they didn't they lose Mooney. Or, yeah, th- I think they did. And yeah. and and somebody else too. Like, didn't they have? They were th- completely they thin. I think they had two guys go down to injuries. Hang on a second. Let me let me pull up. Let I me. think the pick. I think you had to pick I, one. I think the Jets is the pick here. I I I actually can't, again. I, I oh god, god. Or 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 the, watch watch some hard knocks and just the uh, Lions is like Lions that's the thing. Up. Like you're like well okay like as even though Jared Goff's not special, at least you know he can play. Um, Jamison Williams and Amonra St. Brown on either side. Like, you don't feel good about anything the the Lions are doing, but you could, in in a bad situation, convince yourself. It. I mean, the real problem is like if if Zach Wilson was out for the year, I could understand your argument about the Jets, right? <laughs> that Joe Flacco could be just serviceable they enough. Got, they got good receivers. I like the receivers. The receivers are decent. Brees Hall could have an outstanding season. Second um, year with uh, Salah. And now they've got both cool. Jermaine Johnson and um, uh, the, the Sauce Gardner defensively. Like, 
you could you could talk yourself into it being the Jets. The problem is if Zach Wilson plays, you just don't believe that that there's anything there. Now, maybe there is. Maybe what we saw a year ago it's just not fair, right? Like it's not fair to Zach Wilson to judge him by that. And maybe there really is something there with Zach Wilson. And then if there is, all the other things that you talk about become relevant. I I guess you take the Jets. But boy, it it's All right, go jump on that. 150 to 1. I don't Jets. Where did that come from? That's not a that's I not saw a I just saw Yeah, boy, I know. I got, I got more. All right, so uh uh in in the NFL realm, uh, someone threw 500 $5,000 down on a Bears future Sorry, it bets. was Nikhil Harry who uh, got Nikhil hurt Harry. for the Bears. In, yeah, Darnell so Mooney, I guess. Is there goes the Super Bowl for the Bears. Yeah. Um, well, but, but I mean, it was the one. Like you're trying to do the math when they're thin at a position. You're like, how are they going to get there? Well, maybe Nikhil Harry can find right. himself. Doesn't help. So someone did throw five thousand dollars on the Bears for a futures bet, uh, but it was actually for the Bears to have the fewest regular season wins in the NFL, plus one thousand. So that's, the fewest? Yeah, the fewest wins in the NFL. I don't know. That's about not the that. one. Yeah. I don't know about that. It's a better bet than them to win the Super Bowl, for sure. Yeah. Um. So last week I discovered that the the first pitch that FanDuel added the first pitch result of games. Um. I don't know how long they had that, but I found it out last week. And so somebody we've, had we've, a big hit. We've been talking about it. Yeah. Had one? Well, yeah. Like a like, week. For like a week. For, I think for a couple of weeks. Okay. Then yeah. I guess I've just been out of it. So either way, someone hit a big one uh, last week. So last Tuesday they parlayed the first pitch of the Royals Twins game to be a single. And that was twenty-two to one, and then they parlayed that with a twenty-nine to one first pitch to be a single in the Rockies Cardinals game. So that was a six hundred eighty-nine to one parlay. They put four dollars on it, and they won two thousand seven hundred dollars. I, 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 wild. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, sure, go for. It. I mean, like, I, it's just. I don't understand the scenario by which this bet is made. Is it just a dumb luck thing? Like I, I don't know. Let what the hell? Let's just throw it down on that. Maybe or they, is maybe it somebody? They, yeah, maybe they had a different leadoff hitter, and he likes to attack early. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe there was something really smart there. Maybe somebody gave him a tip, like, "Hey, dude, I I don't, I don't even know who it would hey, be." MJ Melendez is leading right, for the and Royals, he always so. swings at the first pitch. Like he's just a swinger, so go for it. Yeah, I, it's wild to me. That's wild. Uh, then we had uh, so someone made a donation to a sports book here, essentially because they put fifteen hundred dollars down on this receiver to lead the league in receiving yards. Currently at five hundred to one, it would pay out seven hundred fifty k. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But they put the money on Will Fuller. It seems very unlikely. Yeah, he's not on a team. He is not on a team. He could end up on a team, but he never plays more than a couple of games. So I guess. And even if he did. <laughs> What? So I guess uh, if you have fifteen hundred dollars, maybe just throw it down on every single player. Sure, and and who knows? Maybe one of them will hit. Yeah. That's that's. Um, and then last one, uh, someone has a parlay, uh, a Cy Young parlay between Verlander and Sandy uh, Alcantara. I like uh-huh. to say, um, but it, they got the parlay at one hundred eighty-five to one at the beginning of the season. They put five dollars on it. It would pay out nine hundred thirty dollars, and they are both the betting favorites. Verlander is minus one ninety, and Sandy is minus six fifty. So. As long as Verlander can hold off Dylan C's, it seems like a good bet. All right, there you go. They do have a cash out option of $355. And how much did they pay for the ticket? They paid $5. So you ride that. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, man. That's $5. I know. And they're both the favorites now. I know. And and what would it pay out in the end? It would pay out 930 355 bucks a lot of money. It is. 
I think I would cash in on. Wow. I think I would. Wow. I'm, I'm. It's enough. I have. I have made enough money off my investment, like that. I take out any risk. And what I would say is specifically, if somebody from one of the good teams in the National League ends up having a strong September, as good as Alcantara has been, and he's been unbelievable, because the Marlins stink, there is room for someone to steal it away, right? Of course, I get we're at the point where there's there's only so many candidates to do that. i got to yeah. think about who that would be. I'd have to think through this a little bit more. <laughs> I, I'm telling you that without doing all of that, that number is enough. I have... I have gotten such a return on my investment that it's worth it for me to say yeah i'm gonna go ahead and oh he's actually think about it contrast down to minus 250 so last i, I guess i got that from last week so it is yeah. a little bit closer now so there might be an updated cash out option but that so i think those numbers are from last week that i was looking at and so corbin burns is corbin next burns. at five to one so like that would be maybe Scherzer know. doesn't allow a hit for four weeks I mean, that's the, it's a stretch there i mean it really is coming down to only a couple of guys in the mix i get your argument that you're this close there's very there's very little that can screw it up at this point. Why not write it out? But man, it's it's enough of a return on my investment. Maybe I try to write it out for one more week, like get to September, see if that m- number because you can't lose that much on it between now and next week. Like get me if I can get that up to four hundred bucks, done, done. I'm out. Take give me the money. Give me the money. Take away that. Well, if risk. they keep rising the cash out, it means I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. All right, very good. If anything, um, I might put like a, a a bottom number that like if it, if the cash out option goes like below three hundred, then it's like that's right, when you say right, I have to I jump to. ship. All right, yeah. all right. Uh, thanks to Aaron Oster, thanks to Leon Twyman, um, and thanks to everybody at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, which of course is the best place to be. Week zero of college football season. Ravens Commanders on Saturday night. Email events at sportssocialmd.com in order to reserve your spot. No weekend at Bookies this week. We will see you back here next Tuesday for the next Simply the Bets. May the odds be ever in your favor.